Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chits Chat. This week is Disney Discussions number 10, and it's going to be the last full episode on Genuine Chit Chat for 2023. I'm planning on releasing an extra little something next week, but this is the last full episode. So I'm not going to waffle here too long before the episode gets started, but I just want to say a massive thank you to every single person who got involved in submitting films and voting when we put the four films up as well. We've got so much content to deal with for Disney discussions over the coming years, thanks to all of your submissions, so just thank you for that. Thank you for all the listenership over the last year, and also over the last six years on Genuine Chit Chat, but doing this now for over six years, hopefully can do it for even more. I couldn't have done it without yourselves. It's just been amazing the amount of support I've been getting and seeing things like Spotify wrapped and how many of you listen to me and I'm in your top 10 is just incredible as well. So thank you very much for that. I'm not going to do an outro for this episode because what's to come will just be what gets released in 2024 and I may give a little preview of that as I said in the next week or so maybe or if not you just have to follow me on the usual places as at Genuine Chits Chat make sure you subscribe on the feed share on social media review all that great stuff and do the same for Ria's Femon Collective Podcast and Dan's Spider Dan and Secret Boars they've been an absolute delight to do Disney discussions with as well as of course my fiance Megan and this time next year I should be able to call her my wife So it's really, really exciting stuff in 2024. Loads of great guests I've already got lined up for yourselves. More great Disney discussions, more Star Wars stuff, more of everything that you like from me. But I think that's going to be enough from me, my friends. Make sure you check out all the details in the show notes. If you've not tuned into Disney discussions before, please check out all the other episodes. There's a YouTube playlist where they're all in and they're generally split between my feed and Spider-Dan's feed and there's quite a few of them on the Femon Collective's feed as well. And if you're listening to this and you want to see the video version of this, you want to see all our lovely faces, go over to youtube.com slash genuinechitschat and you can watch that episode. But friends, thank you as always for tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season and a great end to 2023 and I'll speak to you in 2024. Welcome to Genuine Chits Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. And here we are for Disney Discussions number 10. I almost said that wrong. That was very close to me failing that, but I'm going to keep on moving. Disney Discussions number 10. It was, it's been a great ride so far. And for this episode, we got you, the lovely listeners, our audience, to submit some films. And we got a lot and a lot of unexpected ones. So we got loads and loads of films that I'll rattle through in a sec. Um, Loads of people getting involved, which we really hugely appreciate. We all chose a film from those. Put out the four that each from one of us. God, I'm not doing well at speaking today. Um, one from each of us. That was Aristocats, John Carter, The Rescuers, and Zootropolis slash Zootopia. And we let yourselves vote on those four which you wanted us to watch. And the winners of that, John Carter, by a fair few votes, then Zootopia slash Zootropolis. I don't know which one I should call it. I think Zootropolis is technically the correct term in the UK. The Zootopia sounds better. I don't know. Rescuers lost by one vote. And then Aristocats was a little bit behind. But I found out that Megan actually would have chosen Aristocats if she'd have, if Dan hadn't chosen it first. Ah. So Megan actually wanted Aristocats to win more than Zootopia. Except I pick. call it the Aristocats. But it's yeah, Arist- that's what I call it. But oh, it's not, it's not just me. Good. But it's aristocracy. Aristocrats. It's aristocrat. You don't call someone an aristocrat. You call them an aristocrat. <laughs> I call them whatever I want. But it's from an aristocracy. Okay. Well, Rhea says the same as me, so we're both right. Yeah, yeah two I, against the world. I, I 
I, I can't even. I, now I'm. Th- now I'm questioning. <laughs> oh, oh Dan. Side, Dan. Don't <laughs> come with me. You can't be a scone or scone uh, person. <laughs> Ar- aristocats. Aristocats? Yeah, the aristocrats. Oh my God. Yeah, you're the one that's out, you're yeah. the odd one out. Do you say aristocracy or do you say aristocracy? Exactly to all of you. It's not, not rest really with a w. because because it's just a play on words. Yes. Yeah, so, so not all play on words has to be an exact reflection of the original word. I, I don't care how we pronounce it. Megan picked me up. <laughs> oh, you don't care, Mister. He's Mr. being rude. It's like the getting all it's like the Look at him. He's getting all sassy. Like, isn't he? It's he like gets the... very, it gets very sassy when you mispronounce a Star Wars character's name, doesn't he? Oh, heaven forbid you mispronounce mm. Schlagenflagen. Has that ever but happened? The Aristocats. <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, it's it's same as Jif Gif. Like I, I have my opinion on what's correct, um, and then. But you also have the wrong opinion on that too. So. Creator of it, says I have my. It doesn't matter on what's correct. So I love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's true, and I'm fine for other people. Anyway, to disagree. yes, I would have chosen the Aristocats had it not have been already chosen. Yes, um, sure. but I do really like Zootropolis. Yeah, and we've got loads of ideas uh, for future episodes. I'm just going to very briefly run through some of the other things that were suggested. Um, so that was Blank Check, Black Cauldron, Mary Poppins, Shipwrecks, Lilo and Stitch, Luca, um, the a live action Aladdin, but not the not the animated one. Um, although we technically tackled that because of the sequel Wild Hogs The Computer War Tennis Shoes Tron and Tron Legacy Bowser the Great Mouse Detective Toy Story 3 Brave Return to Oz Sword in the Stone The Great The Good Dinosaur Raya and the Last Dragon Peter Pan and the Many Adventures of Winnie Pooh as well as the four that were obviously in the votes and things and then we've got plenty thanks to a lot of your submissions we've got if, if none of us put, had any input and we just looked at some of these episodes we've got about another two years worth of episodes not including anything else so Thank you all so much for all the voting and getting involved. We hugely, hugely appreciate it. Uh, and now that's me going off script, off the script again because I'm, I'm not actually that good at reading script while recorded. I just jumble up my words and I get ahead of myself. Um, but yeah, it's a, it a good fun time. Good fun. But we watched uh, so Zootopia slash Zootropolis and John Carter. I have not seen John Carter before, nor had Megan, but I believe that Dan and Rhea had seen it. And then I think we've all seen... <laughs> Have we, Dan? Had you seen Zootopia before? Yeah, I. Um, it was kind of like a, a. It was weird. It was like a weirdly kind of weird double date thing I did with with my housemate at the time. We had we had two women round and and we watched a couple of films and Zootropia uh, or Zootropolis Zootropia. <laughs> we need to film. pick one that we're going to call it. Yeah, are we just going to call it Zootopia or Zootropolis? Can we call it Zootropolis? Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I prefer I mean, Zootopia. I, I'm, I mean, Zootopia is the better name, but yeah. the version I watched was Zootropolis. So all my notes say Zootropolis, Same. which is fine. But we know how often I go off my notes. It might just make me even more. Should we, 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 we should probably let Mike decide Chaotic. on how we are going to pronounce certain words, just in case. <laughs> oh yes, in case you start calling it the aristocrats, aristocats. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, we'll, I'll call it Zoo. That's easier. Zoot. Zoo. No, actually, Zoo-y. Zoot is a slang term for drugs. Um, zoo. Um, is it? So, yes, yes, it is. Um, okay. Yes. Dan Googles. Joint like, right. Zoot Spliff. All those funny. Hello, words. hello, good sir. Could I partake in some Zoot, please? <laughs> Could I trouble you for a singular Zoot, please? Ooh, I would love zoot, a, I zoot. love a taste of Zoot. Um, yeah. 
Uh, I mean, anything's a slang word for drugs, to be honest, if you delve far much. enough into that realm. Anyway, so that's not what we're talking about. This is a Disney, this is a Disney conversation, not, yeah. not a drug conversation. Although, <laughs> Disney and drugs, let's not go down that road. Um, so, we'll do Zoo first, um, because sure. I think John Carter's probably going to have a lot more, mm. probably ranting and issues with it. Um, so, technically, I mean, Megan, you chose that film out of the selection. So, mm. obviously, we know that the Aristocats um, were the ones <laughs> that you wanted to go for, but we didn't because, you know, Dan stole it. It's because everyone wants to be a cat. Yeah, but also the Everybody only people that voted for be a cat. The only people that voted for it Everybody. was all of Dan's family. Everybody! <laughs> I don't mind. Everybody, yeah, Everybody wants, to, wants be to be a cat! cat. <laughs> right, this is... We're not even doing this film, but okay. Um, we've got plans, friends, to do, I think, Lady in the Tramp and um, Aristocrats. Aristocats. Ugh. Um, but... The the funny thing is with that that film, so few votes. It was Dan's sister, mum, I think dad, and then yeah. my mum, and that was it. <laughs> no one else voted. <laughs> no one else said a thing. It was just Dan and Megan getting their families to rile behind the film. They got I didn't get watch. anyone to do anything. No, you didn't even post on social media. The second I time. did. I posted. Oh, mm. Accusatory. Accusatory. I'm accusing you of saying the um, aristocrats. Oh, I keep saying crats. Wrong. Uh, damn it. You, it's you can't even right say off. it. You can't even say it, Mark. I can't even speak English properly. No, I'm doing a terrible <laughs> job. And I couldn't even say Disney discussions earlier, so who am I to uh, critique? Why did you choose Zootopiatropolis? I don't remember. Was it just already a list? Was there already a list? Do you not remember how... No. Do you not, were you not listening to the first five minutes of me just talking then? People suggested films, and then yeah. we picked one of the movies. Yes. That was the movie that I chose. I, yes, and why? Because I wanted to watch it. <laughs> why, Megan? Why did you choose over the 30 Because, because I wanted to watch it. Half of these, half of these podcasts are, are us just going, but why, Megan? But why? I do this in your I just, I wanted to watch it. That's that's why. Why I don't, do you I'm, like it so much? Because what? I think it's a good film. Yeah. What? Oh my god. Surely. <laughs> okay. Okay. Surely so, that's what we're so, going to talk about. So, I, so my question is: <laughs> out of everything that was suggested, was it just a pure desire to watch that film? Because maybe it's been a while, or um, was it like I can't be asked to watch Black Cauldron? Well, there was there was weird. quite a lot of films that I there was a few films that I hadn't seen, um, and then there were just a couple of films that I really didn't want to watch. Sorry, I'm just looking at the list now. It's predominantly either films that I've seen recently, films that I just outright don't want to watch, films that I've not seen. So Ooh. I'm I'm always going to be someone that would rather watch a film that I've seen before. Yeah. Um, I mean, out of all those, I imagine after um, Aristocats and. Zootopiatropolis. Luca was probably the next one. I probably would have gone for Luca next, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas my second would have been Brave, but um, we're not doing the what ifs. Um, but uh, yeah, one. no, I, it's just the one that resonated the most with me. Mm. Yeah, and you. I mean, I, we were when we were watching it. Like I've, I think it's quite an. I've only seen it once before. Any, I think maybe no, maybe no, twice no. before. I've not seen it that many times. I've only seen it once. And did I, we watch it together the first time? Yeah, I think it was 2016, so it's not long after we got together. It was only a couple of years later. So I think you'd seen it and I hadn't, and then you were like, oh, it's really good. We yeah, so I must, I've only seen it twice, and I'm not very good at remembering movies at the best of times, so I, yeah. But it's a banger. Yeah, I it's really enjoyed it. It's a banger of a movie. Or so, even how we decide on movies, you don't remember. <laughs> no, you, do, you don't remember, even though I've spent so much time waffling on. I blame Max. the possible ADHD. <laughs> I blame the Aristocats. Um, so, uh, Dan, uh, when did you first watch this film? Um, I can't remember the year, but it can't have been too long after it came out. I think it came um, out 2016, I think it came out. Yeah, so I'm, I want to say maybe 2016, 2017, I want to mm. say. Maybe 2018, uh, push. Um, but yeah, I saw it and... 
Um, big surprise, Megan is right, is very, very good. Um, I, I think it's kind of been a little bit forgotten, I think. Mm. Um, and I think maybe the issue is the issues that are dealt with in the film. Uh, and it's, a, it's clearly an allegory for a lot of things like um, kind of bigotry, racism, prejudice, um, you know, uh, uh, women, women in the police force it kind of deals with and, you know, not being taken seriously, things like that. There's a, there's a lot of layers um, kind of, um, you know, kind of um, profiling as well, um, a lot of that. So there's a lot of kind of deep, interesting kind of issue base it's got you know it's got it's it, it it's such a these these issues it's dealing with are so complicated but i think it it boils them down to their key components that kids can understand and that it gets it across and it does it in an entertaining and fun way and and again there's all these levels and all these different characters and they're playing with the kind of stereotypes and sometimes these stereotypes can come from a real place and things and but why are we you know purely stereotyping this group of people as such um but yeah i really i really liked it i i had a lot of fun with it um but i think because probably parents are a little bit i know there's some parents out there that are like i don't want my kids to learn about racism or the darkness in the world or things like that but I actually think kids should be shown this film. I think it's important. I think it's get them in on the ground level. So when they do have to deal with things like this in the real world, where they are an adult, then they, they are more, they're like, oh, yeah, I, I know how to handle this. I know how to navigate this, as opposed to just being all kind of, you know, they make one mistake and, and that's it. And, you know, the, the, the key song in this is, you know, try everything, make, take risks, make mistakes, be bold. You know, and and go for it. And I think there's so much going on. We could again talk for a whole series of, of podcasts just about this film, mm. and and just about those issues that it tackles. But it does so in a fun, creative, and entertaining yet educational way. Thank you, Shakira, for adding in the vocals as uh, exactly. Gazelle. Yeah. Uh, Ria, what did you think of this? And also, have you watched it with MJ? Yes, I have watched it with MJ. So. Uh, this Zootopia Tropolis, whatever one we're calling it, didn't come to a decision. I'm not calling it to Sue. That's weird. Um, <laughs> that's how I feel this <laughs> one. Uh, so it won the Academy Awards back in 2017. So was, back then we used to watch all the Oscar-nominated films, even the small weird ones. Um, They're normally the best ones, aren't they? The Oscar-nominated no. films are normally the best ones. No, I mean, no, the no. small weird ones. Of, oh, the, small, of the batch ones. of Oscar films, the small weird ones are yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant, like, all the Oscar oh, films. I, I like, despise, no, no. <laughs> despise even the idea of the Oscars, let alone it. It's, it's, just, just, a, <laughs> just, just a reminder, Suicide Squad won Best Makeup for the Oscars. So, uh, I mean, not, it was a, it was a slow them. year. Um, <laughs> uh, so, obviously, you've watched it with all, you know, it bundled in with all of that. Um, and then I think, you know, it's one of those films that, like, we've got on Blu-ray. I think we also maybe purchased digitally. And then obviously Disney came out. Um, Disney Plus came out and it's on there. And so, yeah, MJ's watched it. She's got a book of it, like the book of the film of it. Like, absolutely loves it. It's great because, you know... As much as I enjoy a princess, Judy Hopps is sort of like a very different type of Disney princess, which is which is so much fun to sort of 
explore because she could be like a very traditional female lead and in fact kind of like her gender doesn't really matter it's you know she's a she's a Ripley from Alien like the Mm. gender doesn't isn't really important actually what's more important is like her physical stature and and predator and prey and all of that sort of stuff so you know I, I feel like that's really interesting that you don't really get any sort of gendered because sometimes I'm just so fed up of having like a female character that's the lead and it has to be the strong female character and it's the cliche and like of being physically strong and nothing else and you know or you know like the beautiful female lead in a romantic comedy and this completely skews all of that none of that is important um I don't know where my thoughts are going. Sorry. I got really annoyed. I started getting really annoyed and I'd like got myself back. Cause it's like, we're not ranting about women in films right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you, what, what do you like about Judy hops? Then Maria? What do I like about Judy hops? Um, she's creative. She's dedicated. She's passionate. She's tenacious. She's all those words that are often used to lift up men and put down women. And so I really like that. And it's kind of, you know, she's very firm on right and wrong and even holds herself to account of what is right and wrong. And she has a full agency. Yeah, yeah. Like every time she wants to do something, even everyone says to her, her parents, um, Nick Wilde, the uh, police force guy, the the sergeant, I don't know, Idris Elba. The bull. Yeah. 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 Idris Elba. Chief... Bogo, Bogo, was it Bozo? Bogo, B O G O. I wrote down. Um, but like him, every single character is telling her, "You can't do this," and she goes, "Hmm, uh, fuck off," and literally does it better than anyone. And that's what I love. Is it's that- when she, um, it's when she, f- when that fox, when they're young, it's a, it is a fox, isn't it? The when the, yeah, Gideon, when the f- Gideon Gray, Gideon, yeah. Yeah, when he like pushes her over and he's like, you don't know when to give up. And then she's like, you're right, I don't know when to give up. And it's like, yeah. And she got the tickets. Yeah. But that, can we, sorry, I realised we just completely. It's a discussion, Disney discussions. That, I think the way they tackle bullying with uh, Gideon the Fox, that that, ha- that scene in itself really has to be commended because she goes back to Bunnyborough and she sees Gideon and she's a bit like, you know, I don't really want to, but he's, you know, seemingly turned over and you leave supplying, I think, uh, cakes to people and the second he sees her straight away he apologizes like n- she doesn't have to say anything to him he's like oh hi look i'm really sorry about this explanation i'm not excusing my behavior it's still terrible i really apologize i'm trying to make up for it and i was like that is one of the best apologies i've ever seen in film just of how yeah people aren't always perfect especially not when you're a child and you can do shitty things but if you learn from those and you try and be a better person and you are open about your mistakes and you tell the people you have wronged how what your actions did to you and how you worry it did to them, that's one of the most important lessons that children can conceivably learn. And I think a lot of the time in films, especially older ones, people only apologise when things go wrong for them. Like, they're a dick their entire life. Then one bad thing happens. They're like, wow, I need to, I need to look at my life. Whereas we didn't see that with Gideon. We just saw him being you know, horrible and a bully, and then he's just kind of an adult, and he's just. We didn't need to watch all this trauma and all this stuff about him recovering because it's not his story. But it was. I just. I loved that. Though, part. though I would. Though I would like to see that story. I would like to see where mm. how he got to where he is now, 
Um, and it, and again, it could have been like a very again, it was clearly quite traumatic for for Judy and that that scenario. And and again, it affects her going on and her mentality towards predators. You know, there's there's you know unconscious bias there. I would say. Uh, and then again, the film is dealing with that as well. But when she approaches him, she could she should be a, you know she could have easily you know be afraid or or nervous or unsure. But she goes up to him like he's. You know, he's a he's a regular guy because she's learnt her lesson by that point. She goes up and and he immediately is like he's afraid. If anything, he's mm. on the back foot because he's like, oh fuck, this is I'm gonna have to confront these feelings and what I did in the past. But she, you know, yeah, she goes up over a little bit sheepishly, but she's not afraid. She's not, you know, she's like she's like, hello, good to see you. How are you? When she could do the exact opposite and be angry or or hurt or you know fearful and uh, and I, I really like I thought I agree with you Mike I think that's a really good a good scene and again it just kind of kind of it's a lovely it a kind of um, I don't know the the connective tissue there the unseen connective tissue mm. of Gideon Gray's journey is is quite interesting um, to see where he comes from where he is at the beginning and where he is and again. For Judy's journey as well, it's a no, nice it's full storytelling, isn't it? Because we get that from her parents as well at the beginning. You know, they're saying, "Oh, well, he's a predator, he's a bully." They're worried, and then when she grows up and wants to be a police officer, and they're worried that she's going to the city. But when she comes back home, it's her parents who are working with her previous bully, and it's you know they've had growth, he's had growth. And I think that's why this film works, because every character is fully realised and there's all these stories going on that you don't have to see as a viewer, but through smart dialogue, you know what's happened. I don't actually need to see that story. I like hmm. Lovely that you do, but I don't, because I've, I feel like I've got enough information there. Sure, yeah. And, and, I, and, I, and I like that, that... For me, I could just fill in that story myself because it's done so well. I mean, give me more of the of like a franchise from this. I'm one hundred percent up for that. I think but just you know, I think that is why this, why this works so well, and I think it it does that thing where it talks about these issues and it has specific certain types of characters, but it doesn't preach to you. It it makes it fun, but like the right amount of fun and seriousness. And it's really heartfelt. Like it's really sincere, you know, with, with Mr. And Mrs. Otterton, you know, and, oh. and there's that horrific scene when he's been released and he's still like crazy from the night howlers. And he's basically in an institution and she's having to be there watching like that doesn't need to be included and it's like really dark and upsetting and it doesn't shy away from that but it doesn't make it horrific like it's not here to to shock or preach or anything like that it's just here to just tell a really full rounded story and sort of show that you can be all these different types of people and you can redeem yourself you can change and come out of like difficult times okay and a bit of a better person. And I just think we, we lack a lot of that, especially in animation and children's films. Well, not animation actually, because there's fantastic animation, but specifically in, in films that are made mm. for children. You know, if you're thinking about 
films like this that have got like predators type of stuff in it like there's a film the bad guys right which i think is dreamworks i can't remember I actually took mj to see it and she really liked it but kind of like it and it is fun and it's a caper and it's a heist and it's like oceans 11 but animated balls and stuff like that but this is i think a film that could actually really affect and change a child's life. Maybe I'm giving it too much credit, but you know, whereas the bad guys is is fun and silly and all this sort of stuff. Like this, I think really does get them thinking, and it reminds me of the sort of books that we seek out for her to read. We go to the library and we choose for choose, you know, from all the white little boy protagonist books. You know, we try to choose all the other ones. And we try to choose ones that that are gonna like unconsciously make her think differently about the world i just think it's one of those films megan with you with this film like obviously well you're a teacher as well did you find the bullying scene affected you specifically or there any scenes in this film that really affected you in in any way like because there's a lot of career conversations and it's quite a lot of serious dialogue in this for a film i didn't know if any touched you in particular or anything of note that you want to mention about the film i don't really know like I, I think it's a nice thing for children to see. I think it's a good way to be like, you can accept apologies from bullies and you can learn to move on because it is very much as much you having to accept the apology and allow that healing to happen. But at the same time for that person to say their piece and say their apology for the mistakes that they've made. Um, I think that's good for children to see. But I also think that that's good for adults to see because I know so many people that, like, will make a mistake. Like, if I mess up in a lesson, like, if someone tells me something and I'm like, well, no, that's not true, and then I'll look it up and then I'm like, oh, actually, I'm wrong. I'm I'm, so, I'm sorry, you're right. Like, I think it's really important to recognise that adults also make mistakes. Like, that's, like... When mistakes happen in my... It's it's the number one thing about me being a teacher that, like, I advocate for mistakes to happen in the classroom because that is how we learn as human beings. Mm. Like, not even just as kids. Oh, like, I make mistakes on a daily basis and I learn from those mistakes. Any, it, like, it's just self-reflection, isn't it? Every, everything that you can do, you can self-reflect and you can always improve on the next time that you do it. Like, so I think it's nice being able to see in that scenario even after like years have passed as someone who got bullied at school Mm -hmm. it is nice having that person say i'm sorry i was a dick because i've i've had that happen to me i've had the like well one of the people that was really horrible to me at school like later on in life be like like we i think i saw him at a house party and he was like i'm sorry that i was such a dickhead and i was like fair <laughs> i was like i appreciate you were a dickhead <laughs> yeah you, you, were. A dickhead. you made my life hell um but like it was nice just you know getting that so it's nice seeing that in this movie but yeah i think it's it should be more frequent that we see people apologizing to each other because i don't mm. think that's something that we really see that often in these kinds it's of when films. they die it's when someone's on the it's like when a parent an abusive parent's dying it's like i'm sorry i just wanted the best for you it's like that's not yeah an, an apology when you're dying is not really it is an apology in real life but in a film you're like it's the cheapest e- it's the easiest time to apologize because you never have to face repercussions it's a star wars problem <laughs> hey this guy's caused mass genocide for decades oh he he saved the protagonist's life at the end but and then apologized also, and it's it's, like, but that doesn't just absolve you from all but it's also not relatable because no. like mm. everyone at some point in their life is most likely to have been bullied at some point 
and everybody in their life at some point has been a bully like mm-hmm. like every like i've been horrible to people well, inadvertently like, inadvertently, like i mean yeah. bullying is is with intent like if you are someone mm. that is there and you're watching someone being bullied and you're not specifically saying anything you're still part of the issue so regardless of whether you're the person like explicitly mm. inflicting that pain you are still part of the problem so everyone at some point has either been a bully or has been bullied like i i i think that's a fair yeah. generalization yeah. to make so I think it's good seeing that in this film because either side of the argument, someone's going to be like, ah, someone's going to connect mm. with that. Mm. And I think that's very good because the whole bullying thing, I mean, obviously one of the many layers of social commentary for this film is that, you know, foxes are the kind of the main one they kind of look at. They go, okay, bunnies mm. are small and weak and therefore they couldn't be a police officer and foxes are sneaky and bad. And it's like, okay, there's generational trauma from, you know, the bunnies who have had bad mm. experiences with foxes in the past how many generations ago we don't know and therefore they judge foxes and then obviously as nick wilde's character is if you judge me for being a fox and you're going to treat me like i'm a bad fox even if i'm a good fox you're going to treat me bad why would i not why would i try being good and again Mm. that's a that's a very seriously big topic you know Mm. you could have a whole podcast series of hours of talking about not only generational trauma but also when someone is expecting you to do the wrong thing and you don't get any recognition for doing the right thing how difficult it is to stay on that path you know same with addiction same with all kinds of things and um, there's one line in here which i found um was really powerful and it was the rabbit parents and i'm i this is paraphrasing because i wrote it down afterwards but it was essentially it's okay to have dreams but don't believe in them too much and i was like fuck that is so like that come the bunny parents work so well because they're coming from a place of love and they're trying to be careful they're trying to be supportive but unfortunately it's kind of protective it's like a back slap in the face at the same time because they're like yeah you're a police officer yay you're a traffic warden like meter maid and it's just like no yeah, no. like they're not they're not like abusive parents, but it's like no, I think they're caring parents, but unfortunately, mm. like they yeah, which is another thing. It's like kind of you know letting someone out of the nest, as it were. You know, letting someone. The only way you can grow and learn as a person, really, in your adult life, is by living your own life and making mistakes. Like as Megan said earlier, mistakes are one of the best teachers. No one wants their kids to do a really bad mistake and screw anything up. But equally, you can't. You don't know fire's going to burn you till you burn yourself you know it's it's that kind of idea so i just want to throw that out ria did you want to have any sort of comments on well, it's, anything it's we've spoken about things, <laughs> you know it's really important to remember this is primarily a film for kids but it's all things that kids can relate to yeah which is what again is what's so clever like not all kids are like the big school jock or you know most kids are pretty average like judy is like judy is pretty average it's other things that she uses you know like it's her smarts and her dedication that make her so successful so for kids immediately that's like they can see themselves in that they can see that they have done bad things that they have done good things they can you know it's shocking how many kids you hear at, at my daughter's age, labelling themselves good or bad, especially around this time of year at Christmas. Mm. And it's shocking. And, I, and I, I'm like, kids aren't good or bad. That's not a thing. 
for Pe- their kids. People rarely even are, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, but we use this language around kids all the time, don't we, about behaviour. We tell them to control their behaviour. So when they're seeing these predators have these bursts of violence, of anger, well, that's what kids do because they, they can't self-regulate. They spend all their time especially once they start school, having to self-regulate and they are not cognitively able to. So they have these huge bursts of emotions. And I, and I just find that so fascinating that they've managed to make such a complex film about, around all of these social issues but make it so understandable for their primary audience and they don't talk down to them. I, like It feels like they're constantly kneeling at a kid's level talking in language they understand but also like talking with them so you know it's like if a kid's having a meltdown that is not the time to go stop crying stop having a meltdown it'll all be okay you you know I've talked about this before you as a grown-up as an adult you have to be a container for their emotions and you have to let them know that their emotions are safe and I feel like that is what this film does Mm. like I really do and I just think that's I love Disney films, I love princess films, I love hero films, all of that sort of stuff. But I don't think many of them do this sort of thing. You know, it's very inside out without being so explicitly their emotions. And so they can watch it and be like, bunnies are cool, foxes are cool. Ah, look at the big, like, antelope singer woman, isn't she great? I know it's not a woman's antelope, but you know what I mean. But they they're still absorbing all of this and and not feeling left out or lectured to as if they don't understand as if they can't go on the journey. And I just think it's so clever. Mm. Yeah, the animation. Let's just say mm. the animation phenomenal. I forget so whenever good. I see Judy Hopps, I'm like the hair looks so good. Like, incredible. What was it we watched? Uh, we watched... Uh, I'm going to have to mention Star Wars. There's a show called Young Jedi Adventures. It's aimed at very young kids, but it's set around the higher public. Did you see that eye that. roll from Megan? Did you see yeah. that eye roll? The reason I it's mentioned also the it, fact that we always have to watch Young Jedi Adventures. We haven't even finished the series, and there's not that much of oh, it. Oh, wow. Um, but with it, <laughs> one thing I really liked about it was the animation of the different individuals, especially hair. They mm, took very really specific time to make... Different individuals of different species yeah, and races is fair, is cool. have different hairstyles and, and hair, and they intricately have done it. So the hair looks amazing for a lot of the characters. And I found with this, this is obviously a predecessor because uh, Young Jedi Adventures out this year, is like this. This is one of the first times I've seen animation, and I'm like, this is like phenomenally good. You know, a lot of Pixar stuff we've spoken about is really good and Disney stuff, but I thought the animation style of this, and I'm like, the amount of work. Like, this is one of those things, a bit like BoJack Horseman, where I feel like this this film, you could do one of those podcasts, which is um, like Zootopia Minute, where you just take a minute of it yeah. and you do a whole podcast for half an hour or an hour, just about a minute of the um, of the thing. And all the stuff going on in the background, the amount of puns there are and just jokes about characters' names. There's one that Megan noticed, which I didn't. Oh, yeah, Walter and Jesse, and they're wearing the hazmat yeah. suits. Uh, yeah, 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 knocking on the door and he's like, oh, Walter and Jesse... Yeah, yeah. So as soon as I saw, I, I, rem- I like, I didn't remember it, but I had vague like recollection of it. As soon as I saw them, I was like, "That's Breaking Bad," 
And then they said Walter and Jesse, and I was like, that's definitely Breaking Bad. <laughs> and I said it out loud, and Mike was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was in the world. I loved it. Mm. Um, but I was going to say, like, all the, all the different, all the, like, again, the diversity and the variety of all the different boroughs and, mm. and areas within the city, you know, they're all animated so differently and so uniquely. I love when they go into, like, the road, I think it's like Rodentville or something. It's oh, all, like, yeah. Tiny, yeah, and they're all, like, they're in their wheels, and, and there's voles and mice and all that sort of stuff and they're chasing the weasel uh, and it becomes like kind of like a kaiju movie where they're like smashing into <laughs> buildings and stuff I, I thought that was wonderful throwing the, the giant donut was so much fun um, but yeah like and then when they go into all the different areas that's so unique and so different and I imagine there was different teams working on those different you know parts of the world and I, I thought again just the richness of the diversity and versatility of, of all these areas and how they you know they go into the polar area as well and that's really unique and, and how they play with that how the characters move and just how the how each world works on its own to make this wonderful kind of collage of of everything as well um yeah just gorgeous to look at absolutely gorgeous and what surprising is i can't say this word but normally anthropomorphized anthropomorphized thank try. you yeah okay i've never been able to say it i've been able to I always try, right. bless it's me. It's a hard one. You know what? You know, um, what, you know what? You know what, Ria? You took the lesson of this film on board. Then you made a mistake. You made <laughs> a mistake. You tried. You made a But yeah, um, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Practice makes progress. Is not nice. Is normally they look horrific and weird, and you're like you're really unsettled by them, and you're just like this. It doesn't work, and then they they put different types and species of animals together, and you go, no, this it doesn't work. Why are half wearing tops and heart wire half wearing trousers and stuff like that and you're like mm. why on earth would that wear a hat but you don't get that with this film it feels so normal and so natural i will say something that freaks me out is when judy hopps put headphones in her ears like why? that, why that, that freaks me out. out i didn't like why? it the ears, her, quite big. the ears are like up here and I, it just unsettled me when she put i thought it was cool <laughs> But I was like, mm, don't like was it, it. Was it? Was it? Was it weird? It was because what yeah. I don't like. <laughs> I was like, Willy, Willy, Willy Wonka is when she <laughs> was it Willy Wonka? Because yeah. that's that's a thing, and that's how we describe things. Oh, that's a bit. That's a bit Willy Wonka. I mean. <laughs> That is a great way to describe things. Um, yeah, it was a bit I too weird. I find it weird when she's back at her parents' farm and she wears the hat. And <laughs> she ears puts the hat above her ears, yeah. yeah and your ears, her ears, ears go floppy down because I found that weird. Hmm. I didn't find any of this film weird. I thought it was great. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I love this movie. I enjoy this movie. It just freaked me out a bit when she put headphones in her ears. The hat makes buttons. me feel uncomfortable because it makes me think her ears would be uncomfortable being yeah. pushed back like yeah. that. Well, yeah, but it's, yeah. But even the animal behaviours like with um, Nick Wilde, you know, when he has different moods, his ears do mm. do the mm. thing. And yeah, it's yeah. like we see with, you know... With Willow uh, Bellow. With when we were at our friend's house last night and they have like a big, nice German shepherd. And you could see like when... Yeah, uh, Willow what, was on sale, tail between the legs. Yeah, but with, with um, the, the German shepherd, I remember when it was like... They had the toy, and then ears went up, and then it was like, <laughs> yeah. and then the ears went down. And it was just that, those little, no, like, some, the people, the whole team who made Zootopia Ropolis, um, they really studied, like, each individual animal category has their own mannerisms, characteristics, and as Rhea's saying, the sizing. Because I find a lot of the time you have anthropomorphized characters, and you've got, here's a rabbit next to a crocodile, and they're the same height, and you're like, what the well, yeah, is going like on? Well, yeah, it's like in bloody... 
that film, Robin Hood. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone's just the yeah. same height and everything. Like the, the chicken, was it the chicken? Mama, was it? Mama Cluck, the dominatrix. Yeah. Mama Cluck? I don't Mama know. Mama Cluck? Is that it? <laughs> Give me some. It, 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 it doesn't matter in Robin Hood because they're all sexy, so no, you care. <laughs> sexy. Sexy Cluck. It's close to... Is especially, especially Lady Lady Cluck. Lady Cluck. Also known as Mama, Mama Cluck. Cluck. I said Mother Cluck. In the evening. Mother Cluck. <laughs> Mother Cluck. Mother, Cluck. <laughs> Mother Clucker, that's why. That's why I thought about it. But, oopsie. <laughs> oh, dear. I, I, I like... Well, I, there was a there was a weird moment. I thought this would be weird for Megan. When they go to the, the nudist colony? I've written that down, the pleasure pool. <laughs> that is so crazy. Wait. <laughs> when they're all naked animals, they I do like yoga and stuff and I no one's wearing remember. any clothes. Let me have a look. The pleasure pool. Type in Zootopia it's, pleasure pool. It's like, it's like they're all doing yoga. They're, they're not wearing, you know, shirts or trousers. They're, they want to be natural because they say, mm. cause they, they say wearing clothes is weird. Like yeah. that's that's literally their thing. So they're commenting on that whole oh, idea. Yeah, it was the guy, this guy, the the is, is the, the guy with the hair, is it, oh, the Cheech the, or Chong. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy, flies. I want to say, yeah, Chong. I think it's Chong of of um, Tommy Chong. I think it is. Um, but yeah, yeah he's, and he's that. like, I've got a terrible memory, and the the elephant doesn't remember. Yeah, he remembers everything. <laughs> Because again, they're playing with those stereotypes. They're going. He's like, "Oh, I wish I had such a good memory." So she's like, "I don't recall. I don't remember. I don't know what that is." <laughs> but she's like, "Yeah, with this, yeah, he's like, with the legs in the air." And yeah, like, like all of them like black. spread eagle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly that image. And I'm like, I'm like, that's you showing everything. This is like, yeah, that was like, weird. Yes. Yeah. Or Willy Wonka. Very Willy Wonka. Very Wonka. Very Wonka. Very Wonka. Oh, I'd say ten Willy Wonkas. <laughs> ten Willy Wonkas out of ten. Uh, but but again, there's, I, I like the lightness playing with the dark. I don't think kids' movies should be, you know, shouldn't go to these dark places. Like when, when Nick is reliving his trauma, that was really intense. Like that is like... I was like, "Fucking hell, he's getting like he's getting attacked." That was really you know, sad. They, they put a muzzle on him, and I was like, "That is really fucking disturbing." But I, I like again. I'm I'm all for films taking chances and risks and going to places and and saying something. Unfortunately, this film came out today. People will be like, "It's it's woke." Uh, not Willy Wonka, but woke. Um, <laughs> Willy Wonka. And, and they'll be like, oh, it's so political. Why do you have to make it political? But like, every bit of fucking art is political. I, I love that. I love that it's trying to say something. It's not light fluff that is, isn't saying something. There's, there is benefit to watching this. It's, it's entertainment. There's, there's a message in there, and the entertainment is wrapped around it. It's still good on a level where you can enjoy it, and it, it entertains, but the message is still there and still very important. What, um, what Megan was saying earlier about adults watching this and getting something from it, I recently, as, as you are all aware, I won't, I won't go into it too much, but I had a friend recently that I'm unfortunately no longer friends with because they have said some very prejudiced things about a certain group of people and i tried to discuss it i tried to entertain a conversation about it and i tried to maybe educate or maybe gently push for them to learn or be a, be a bit more open-minded unfortunately they were not and the friendship has unfortunately ended which is is sad but when when megan was talking about that this is an important film to watch Rewatching it as as kind of you know it was it was upsetting for me and it's unfortunate and I cared about them deeply and I still do, but we're no longer friends. But watching this film kind of uh, made me go, no, I was right. 
this this decision was I made the right decision for me. And and Judy Hopps, the speech she gives at the end about being the change. You start the change starts with you. And I found that I found that really really refreshing. It reinvigorated me and and maybe not that I'm not that I'm necessarily right or wrong on the issue, but for me, I know I did the right thing for me. Mm. And that's the kind of world I want to live in. I want to live in a Zootopia, Zootropolis. And I made that decision. Um, so yeah, it just kind of made me go, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I thought this. I knew this, but it kind of it was a it was a reminder that that this is the way I should approach life, the world. And people of different cultures or people with differences on any level uh, and the acceptance and and just making the world a more unified place. So so on that level, I'm really glad we, we got to rewatch it. Agreed. Um, we'll move well, that on. Is the, sorry, that is like essentially the premise of the film, though, isn't it? It's mm. unity and being able to just socialise with everyone and not have any hatred and everyone being able to mingle and there being no discrimination. Yeah. It's nice. It's a pleasant well, people have, message. People, certain mm. people um, have, not specific groups, I'm just saying individuals, yeah, sure. who are born... Some people are born taller. Some people are born this, born that. Everyone is born different to each other, everyone. Mm. And then it's just what you either choose to do with the potential gifts you have, or if you think, oh, I'm not very tall, so therefore I can't do this. Like, no, try. try. You may be able to do things from a different perspective. Just if everyone is this brick wall of a person and they're all police officers who are brick walls of people, they're probably going to act as if they're hammers. And, you know, the common adage, if if you're a hammer, you see everything as a nail. So having a police officer who has different characteristics, instead of going, no, can't have that, it's like, oh, how about different perspectives, different ways of solving problems? Everyone has different skill sets some of it because you were born that way some of it because your personality or how you're raised it doesn't really matter what the reasoning is as to why but certain people are just better at certain things than others and we should be welcoming to allow different perspectives and different skill sets in all areas of life because it's just an improvement but it's the it's the difference between having a fixed and a growth mindset like this is we we this is a thing at in education, I don't know if it's elsewhere, um, but it's something that they mention quite a lot. It's like a, it's something that they mention quite a lot in like training and stuff. Is is the difference between having a fixed mindset and a growth mindset? I have a display in my classroom about the difference between a fixed and a growth mindset, and the amount of kids that come into my room, they're like, "Eh, I can't do Spanish. I'm bad at Spanish," and I'm just like, "Well, with that attitude." Yes, of course you are, because you're automatically going into a situation saying that you're not very good at something and you're putting those barriers up. You're automatically creating hurdles for yourself. It's like I have a display at the back of my room and there's like loads of quotes that are a fixed mindset quote, which is like, I'm not good at this. And then the growth mindset is I might find this challenging, but I'm going to give it a go. And like, I think that's the premise of this film is being able to allow everyone to have the growth mindset to be like oh i might not be the best at this thing but i can give it a damn good try and i can get better at that thing like you literally watch the montage of like judy hops being like shit Mm. at all of the agility and the more effort she puts into it the better it is she gets like it's just one of those things and i think it's a really nice message for kids because i think especially like nowadays especially since covid as well there are there there are just more kids that are more willing to just give up Mm. they're just like well i can't do it so i'm not doing it and I don't, and and I think that's also something that they get from their parents because, especially from for my subject, I'll hear parents being like, "Oh, I hated French at school," and then their kids are gonna pick up, 
Mm. Oh, my dad hated French at school, so therefore I hate French. And it's mm. just like, mm, no. <laughs> it's all like, my dad wasn't good at Spanish, therefore I'm not good at Spanish. And I think there's just there's like a really nice message to get out there and like just have a little... It's, it's about resilience as well. Mm. I think a it's, lot of people have yeah. lacked resilience. It's also about equity. And I think mm. that's really important. I don't. I think we should move on to John Carter, but I don't think... I think we need to address that it is about equity. So equity and equality, obviously, two different things, but obviously work in harmony together. And it's around that, you know, Judy comes from a different place to most of the people in the CPD, right? And But she, when she is given the exact same resources and opportunities, she can be equal. Mm. I mean, she is better. But it's it's the <laughs> at equal, least equal, yeah. It, and it, and and it's what that is what is important, and that's for me what this film is trying to say. That you know we know that black kids who come from poverty are never gonna be in high paying jobs, or if they are, it's few and far between, because we are not equitable. But what happens if we do what Zootopia Zootropolis does and we provide the exact same opportunity for everybody. And this film tells you that the world will be better. We will learn other people's experiences we, and therefore we can make a better world for everyone. And I, we don't get to see that. We get to see in films individuals and what happens to individuals, what happens to the extraordinary. And this is about what happens for everyone when we make an equal and equitable society. And I don't know, that's kind of what I want our kids to be learning, right? It's even from the villain's perspective, isn't it? Yeah. The predators are there, they've been taking advantage of us, pushing us around all this time. It's like, okay, if you weren't such jerks using these, Mm. you're the tool, you're built like a brick shit house, therefore you can bully everyone because no one can stop you. It's like, how about you don't act like that? Because the people below you, in air quotes, will rise up and all it's doing is causing conflict. It's just be nice, let people do, you know, within reason what they want and give everyone equal opportunity. Let people just lead their, lead their fucking lives how they want. You know, it's stop getting involved in other people's business when it's not, you know, any of trying to put people in a box. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. No more Much boxes. More way. Mm. Yeah. Triangles Agreed. only because they're the strongest. Um, but <laughs> they are the strongest shape. <laughs> they, they are the strongest shape. Um, but we'll move on to John Carter, um, which is a film that neither me or Megan had ever seen. Um, I honestly keep forgetting the film even existed, uh, which I think a lot of the world did uh, for various reasons. came out in 2012, and it was basically... It's only It's got 6.6 on IMDb at present, whereas Zootopia Tropolis has 8. You're about to sneeze. It's gone. Okay. Um, <laughs> good, good. Amazing. But the thing with this film, Sorry. I think there's lots of... I've heard people talk about... People who involved in the film and others talk about why this film failed. I think there's a multitude of reasons we could go into. Some would argue it's the film itself. Whereas a lot of people said that in 2012, this is around the time that the Disney Star Wars talks started. And that maybe Disney, when the film is getting made, they kind of put a lot of eggs in the basket and then kind of just left it a bit. And then when they were like, oh, the finished product isn't quite what we wanted. Oh, well, we'll just give up and move on. And, you know, you can kind of feel this could have really kicked off a franchise, you know, and I feel like with this film, and I want to hear definitely from uh, Dan and Rhea on this because me and Megan are new to this. I Controversially, I, I did actually like this film. I didn't love it. I liked it. 
but I genuinely would have loved to have seen a sequel because I feel like this film's biggest problem for me is a bit like the first Lord of the Rings film, which is, I want to clarify, I know Dan's not as much for a fan of Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings trilogy, I'd argue, is the best film trilogy in existence. So I, future, and I think, sure. <laughs> I think that with Fellowship, I really like Fellowship, don't get me wrong, but it's very much a film that's building up to stuff. And I feel like with this film, I was like, there are so many characters, there's so much exposition, there's so much stuff here that it feels like it's too busy and too crammed in. This this almost feels like it should have almost been two films because the last half hour is so, so rushed and they take about two years to get anywhere and then they're here and they're, quick, let's go, let's finish the film, quick. And you're, you're like, you've just spent so long building this up to this thing mm. with all this lore that's actually quite interesting. Yeah. And I feel like if this was brought out as a series or something, not on Netflix because I hate the third series of stuff, but like if it was maybe HBO or someone like that. Like, the people who made Game of Thrones, if they'd have made this... <laughs> Aside from the final series. Yeah, not not this specific... Okay, the people who made House of Dragon. If they'd have made this, <laughs> you know, into a series of some sort, I feel like this could have really... Star Wars, unfortunately, killed this in a lot of ways. But I, I actually feel like this has a lot of great stuff to it. I think it's heavily flawed. And I can see why it didn't work that well. But I genuinely... When I finished that film, I was like, that wasn't that amazing but I would very happily see more. Um, so I want to ask, I think, Rhea, you're the biggest criticiser of this film, of the four of us, I think. Um, so I'm interested, what about this film, like, when did you first see it? What did you not like about it? Like, pass the baton to you. So I was working in film and TV post pre- and post-production when this film was being made. It was a huge deal, huge UK VFX houses. You know, it was amazing absolutely amazing for them and i will still say i think some of the vfx in it is stunning Mm. absolutely stunning and not just because i used to work with those houses and i think they're amazing um i think it it's incredible and it holds up and it was amazing for the uk visual effects economy and stuff like that so it was like a really really big deal and then when it came out and the sort of like embargo was lifted and (laughs) the review started to come out obviously it was a bit like oh dear, <laughs> oh dear, is this about to destroy the entire UK VFX industry? It did not. Fantastic. Um, so it was really interesting watching it for the first time ages ago. I didn't watch it when it first came out because I was like, I don't want to watch watch it. it. sounds rubbish. Um, so I probably watched it maybe a year or two years after it came out when it was sort of like DVD on demand type of stuff. Um, although I was along 2012, so that wasn't really a thing back then, fully. Um, it's just not good. It's just not good. And that's okay. It's okay to not be good. What my issue is, is people keep on trying to insist that it's better than it is. And I find that kind of irritating because we don't give other films that sort of pass. But because this is based on, you know, a prolific racist writer, by the way, just so we all, we're all aware. Who's, a terrible who is ra- it? Edgar Rice Burroughs. Was? Oh, sorry. <laughs> racism was. And I was like, Mike, we've um, we just talked we, about a whole film about that. No, no, I have I know of, uh, genuinely, with this book, like yeah. uh, John Carter from Mars, I only know of its existence because this film came this out. This film, yeah. I and I was like, heard of it. I hadn't even heard enough. of it at all, including this movie. Star yeah. Wars, George Lucas famously has basically created Star Wars from taking a product from a lot of samurai films, including um, Akira uh, Roshimawa. Um, 
Yeah, Kira Kurosawa, uh, yeah. Yeah, him yes. as well as Dune. They stole, like, you watched the new Dune. A lot of, like, a lot oh. of Arthurian legends yeah. as yeah. well. They basically just combined all the great, a lot of the greatest sci-fi stories yeah. of all time and went, let's shove that into a film, make it a Western and a mm. samurai film, yeah, yeah. Yeah. put it out, great job. And that's what Star Wars is essentially. That's why it worked. But a lot of Jack kind of Kirby films. ideas in there. Chuck that in the mixer. <laughs> but, sorry, um, I, I didn't know anything about the. the you just, you just had anything. to talk about Star Wars. You're like, come on, it's been like 30 minutes. We'll get well, some I, I want to clarify in. that I can clearly minutes, see. <laughs> I would say I can clearly see that how much just from this film, hmm. how much Star Wars took from the the concepts of John Carter. Dune is the worst. Like you watch the new Dune and you're like, this is a great film. This is li- <laughs> the amount that George Lucas completely stole from Dune is insane. It, it it's boggles the mind. But sorry, we're not talking about Star so, Wars. So yeah, because it's, it's like you know considered a great work of sci-fi literature. I have read the book. I would kind of disagree. Um, but that's fine. Everybody has their own opinions. Like, it's sort of given... I feel like it's given a bit of a free pass and people go, oh, but it could have been so much better. Well, there's loads of stuff that could have been so much better, but I'm watching this right now and it's overcomplicated, yet still incredibly boring. Nobody seems to know what on earth they're doing or what they're there for. And it and it's just like... Why? 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 <laughs> and why is anything this happening? And you're not allowed to sit with anything. It's like information after information after information after information. Oh, we've got this cool thing that we want to go and do. Let's quickly go and do that. Oh, let's just be like, oh, by the way, Tars Tarkus, whatever his name is, Tar- right. Tarkin, Grand Wolf Tarkin, is your dad. <laughs> we'll sit with that for two seconds and literally be like, oh, I'm, I don't know what a boat is. And then we're on a fucking boat on a river. Yes, that, that I had an issue with. <laughs> and I've I, never I seen the like, seas. It's like nobody took the time to stop and go, should we actually read the script before we literally film it right now as you're talking? And nobody went, just maybe not have this random thing that doesn't matter in it hey but let's keep it going let's throw more stuff it's just keep on going keep it going keep it going and if you know I, i'm not gonna like go down the wikipedia wormhole or anything but for me when watching it, it felt like they knew this wasn't working and they thought let's just throw more at it and see what sticks and i i completely agree with you like having recently rewatched game of thrones i've gone from somebody who really enjoyed game of thrones to i hate it I think it's a horrible piece of work. And in my rewatch, I found it an incredibly upsetting TV show. And I am shocked that I used to really like it and that people still really like it and that and that people can't watch it and go, this is incredibly problematic and not in a way that we need to like discuss it. As in, like I, I kind of feel quite passionately it's a bad piece of media. And I think... Exactly what you said. Get something like this in. Get rid of terrible racist man who wrote it. Maybe update some of the terrible racist ideas that he has because some of it does unfortunately transfer into the film a little bit and it could have been something else. Instead, it was like, we'll just keep on chucking money at it and then we'll release it. And then because it's kind of like a bunch of white people, we'll give it a bit of a free pass. And I just think... No, I don't want to. But when it came out, do you remember? Because from my understanding, I never watched this film because everyone slated it. I've never heard anyone say anything good about this until I think most films. I mean, obviously, I was 
a staunch prequel defender and genuinely bullied for it for years. And then after probably a decade, maybe six, seven years, people are like, you know what? These prequels aren't actually as terrible as everyone says they are. And I'm like, yeah, I, I've been saying that for all this time. And I think that with this film, it's something like that happened because when it first came out, I didn't even bother. People were like, oh, it's like Star Wars, but really shit. And I was like, why Why would I waste my time with that then? What, what a terrible way to get me to try and watch a film, especially that's like, you know, it's, I think it's around two hours it feels very long. Oh my it God. did feel a lot longer. I'm sorry. I, I think you'll find this film is about five hours long. <laughs> I think it's five years. Yeah. But when it came it out... Is, it is quite... I think it might even be two hours ten, maybe. I think it's, yeah. yeah it's when it's not when, a lot. When I first watched it, I was like, this isn't very good, but it's fine. I wasn't really that bothered about mm-hmm. us watching it again. Like, I really enjoyed the like the jokes about it, and, and I was very happy to sort of be like, be like that, haha! We're forcing Rio to watch it because it's hilarious. Um, but this time, I was like, just I was, I was sad that this is what I was doing with my time. I'm sorry, I chose I'm so sorry for you. Like, and I was just like, it's such a shame because, I mean, the cast got a lot of flack for this film and I don't think they should have done I don't even think um, Andrew Stanton the director should have done really like I think there's actually so I think the cast is trying their damn hardest they've got they have got dialogue that's worse than George Lucas dialogue and I'm thinking like god bless them for trying to deliver it like I re- and I really feel like they're trying like and I don't think they're untalented people at all but I was just being like, you, they must have been there on set going, okay, if we go, I'm just going to say this like really random line <laughs> that will then be ruined in the next scene. And But at least I'm getting paid for it, like maybe. Apart from, and we all know who I loved in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dan has the Pure. pleasure of saying his new name. Uh, James Purejoy. Thank you very much. What's his real name? James Purejoy, um, who... I feel like it's the only cast member who rocked up and went, oh, my God, okay. Oh, my God. Everybody, guys, this is bad. (laughs) Let's really have some fucking fun with it. And I feel like he was just like, I am going to hand this up. I've got this, everyone. Who is this person? He plays... um, I had to look him up as well. You know the the guy gets gets taken hostage. He's like, take me hostage, take me hostage. And they pretend to take him hostage. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like Deja's guard guy. I can't even remember his name. Hmm. Um, And and, I feel like he was just like, I'm just going to go with it. And everybody else is so serious, so serious. Stop being serious. You know this is shit. (laughs) Have fun with it. It would make it more fun. It's also just confusing. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, because it's the reds and the blues, but they wear the same color. But also, there's the isn't don't they? And then, white and then, and then point? the guy who's in the crown, the one that plays Charles, Dominic West. He's like got red tattoos, but he uses a blue. That's because he was at the start of the film, and I'm just like, yeah. what color? Yeah. What color yeah. tribe was, are you? He was part of the reds. Then he joined the kind of the blues, but the blues are the therns, who are the magic human people. Oh no, actually, no, Mark no, the, Strong. The, the, 
that they're they're technically in the in the books they're technically white martians not in this they're like oh we've been to many different worlds but they're technically white martians because it was serialized like you were saying mike you know it does feel like it's gearing yeah. up for a sequel it's because it was serialized storytelling those kind of pulp novel short stories like robert e howard also a racist like hp lovecraft also a racist, racist. never <laughs> never look never look up the name of his cat by the way never do that um so so yeah there is that element of each novel would add you know they had they had black martians they have white martians so they're they're putting a lot into yeah i know i know i know <laughs> so uh, bad not to mention some of the characters in this are called the red people when you're oh, like, don't, the red don't. yeah the red the red martians and especially yeah. when you think they're talking about apaches in yeah. the mm. in in the real world on earth yeah yeah. And then it's the red people and you're like, fuck oh, mm. just And like the, the brutality of the brutality of the, the green Martians yeah, where, just... and the like, natives. It's the yeah, natives the, are brutal and uncivilized. And they are they yeah. the ones that look the like tusks. the Gungans. Yeah, they've got <laughs> well, four, they, they've got tall, yeah. tall green forearms. Um, yeah, the Virginia. Yeah, Virgin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tars Tarkas and all that. Yeah, the Tharks, that's what they're called, yeah. So um so they're shooting their own babies, they're shooting the runts of the litter. Like that's pretty fucking dark. Oh yeah, um, that was sad. I didn't like that. It's quite yeah. it's quite Spartan three hundred esque, but it's weird because they're yeah. like, Hey, here's all the bad stuff that the Spartans mm. did. Okay, and also this they're uncivilized natives. Yeah. They're like, This is insulting them in a lot of ways. Yeah. It I, did I, make I, me laugh though when they hid away and they were like, Let's just let's just let them fight each other. And we'll yeah. survive. <laughs> I was like, fair play. We, we love it. Clap, clap, I was like, clap, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 fighting. Yeah, woo! Watching them die and fall out of the sky. Yeah, um, but, yeah, yeah. but you know, and, and I, I keep on jokingly calling Deja the science princess. Mm. But like, it's true. And then you start thinking about that. It's bad. Mm. Like you know, oh, they did. The, the will... humans are the science yeah. people, mm. and yeah. the non-humans mm. are the quote unquote I think I think what they're trying to do there because if I, I read the I read the novel as well a princess of Mars is the the original novel um also the title I've I found really annoying because it's it's very bland like John Carter is like calling a film John Smith it's <laughs> yeah. very interesting like why I know it, it, we were at that time where things were being called the Wolverine mm. and, and Logan and things like that like maybe not that far ahead but there was a time where people were like oh don't do the full name don't do the amazing spider-man it's just spider-man you know um and i was like but it's fucking boring as a title <laughs> it's like it's just a guy's name we don't you know most people don't know who that is but if you say john carter of mars they go okay so it's a sci-fi thing it's on mars you know it might be aliens of all blah 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 but yeah I, I had an issue with the with the title i can't remember what my initial point was what i was going to talk about but <laughs> no that's it no i got it i'm back i'm back so in, if you look, if you Google Deja Thoris, she is this scantily clad princess. Like she's basically got nothing on. There's, you know, there's comics and images where literally, like little metal kind of things on on her nipples, and that's it. Bits covering her vag, and that's about it. You know, that is that is it. That is all she wears. And I think because it's obviously for a modern audience, modern day. I think the reason they have her as not only a scientist, a princess a warrior and a politician i think that was attempting to give her more agency however and also they don't give her scantily clad outfits as well but unfortunately i don't think that they were successful in any way doing it that way it's quite a bit of cleavage i will 
Yeah, I think I recall seeing, and I was like, and also okay. there's like only like a tiny little piece of material that covers up the. There's a lot of legs. There's a lot of legs. I'm sure. Yeah, there's a lot of legs. Her stomach's out, and mm. you know, and like you know, she's got flowing hair and all of this stuff, and it's kind of. I'm sorry, all the shit he keeps on. Without your consent, picking you up and jumping you about places, ask first, John, rude. You would put your hair up in a hair tie. Yeah, right? I sometimes walk in the street and the wind blows my hair into my mouth and I choke on my hair. Yeah, yeah <laughs> she can, like, yeah. fight and be flipped in the air with flawless hair. Like, it's just, it I, it, baff- it baffles me. Hmm. <laughs> She's just like... I, I think I said it in our chat. She's just like, arms, fancy you. What? Because like, they have no chemistry. I don't know who screen tested them together, but I mean, come on. And she's literally like, because he's so bland as well. How do you yeah. make him bland? He's like How Clark Kent, that? but yeah. actually more boring. And you're yeah. like, how are you more boring than Superman's boring alter ego? Yeah. But I said, because obviously I've never seen the film, I knew nothing. What Within one second... I've seen Deja. I was like, she's a love interest. I think yeah, I was like, it was I'm, obvious. I'm, yeah, yeah, but it yeah. was like the second she was on screen, not even with him, I was like, mm. love interest. Just the music that was playing and everything. And but I, it's also the era in which the film came out. It's, yeah, it's all, it is also arguably one of the dullest love stories I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 but he's got arms, Dan. He's got he's got arms. But mm. like, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one who's like, oh, uh, you know, certain actors have to look like this and they have to look like that. But he's hasty and he's not really what i imagine good john carter to be when you look at those kind of frank frazetta images of john carter he is this kind of he man like character and like he's don't get me wrong he's buff he's got a great body but i don't he, I, I don't feel that presence or that power as that character like it just looks like a skinny dude jumping around like a grasshopper like, he's not intimidating at all is he no exactly he's got there, no are, there are some parts where he does look pretty shredded yeah like, yeah he is shredded. Don't get me wrong. Chris he is shredded. shredded though. Like, but I'm Chris, like Chris Hemsworth kind of style. That's what I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah, that's, Thor, this is like what a big. Beefy... I would pick that. That is that kind of physique. I would picture. You mm. know, like you know that kind of mar- the classic Marvel physique mm. that we have now. Like the the months and months of training. I don't think he had the ability to do that. I don't know if the funding was there for him to do that. But I think he looked good for what it is. But he's not that my idealized version of it i guess but again that's that's a another that's a film i'm making in my head it's my <laughs> film uh, and that's sexy but, john unfortunately that's not the film we got sexy um, john. the sexy, sexy john i want a sexy john I, that is my right <laughs> i read the book i paid for the book i didn't pay for the book it was on kindle it was free no <laughs> copyright on it um so but yeah like again i, I read the book but I, I i agree i think it's I think the dialogue, unfortunately, Deja Thoris had lumped with a lot of boring yeah. expositional dialogue. She's like, the ninth ray, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is a ninth ray? What are the other eight rays for that matter? If only you know? I can just figure it out, I'll I... be able to save them. It's like, save them from fucking what? You haven't said anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, Please, I, I, Father. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, you... right. Oh, and then, then there's that thing with, is her name Sola? Is that her name? Yeah, yeah Sola, yeah. Like, and yeah. suddenly she's the person's daughter. So and I was like, what's the fucking point of this plot? What was the point of this storyline? Apart from the fact that she's he's allowing her to escape, essentially. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't, oh, they're like, I, I don't understand. What's the point? What's the point mm. of her? I think, I think, I, I will <laughs> what say, is I will the say point? Good, good, good point about the pointlessness. But, what I will say about this is it is quite faithful to the book. 
Um, cause I, I remember watching the film and I went, oh yeah, that's in the book and there's this and there's that and there's this, there's a lot of other elements like the therns are from, uh, later on in the series and there's a few other things, but I thought this is quite a faithful adaptation, but it's not a good adaptation. Ooh. Again, I was a bit like, I was a bit like Rhea when I first watched it, I was like, it's fine. It's not, it's not blowing me away. You know, there are elements and there's added details. Like I like, I quite I quite like how they brush past that John Carter is a, a Confederate soldier. Yeah. Like they absolutely like don't worry about it. He's not he's not fighting any causes. You know, I like that kind of the angst he has with that, but they do very quickly like, you know, you fought for the Confederacy and that's fine apparently. I didn't remember that from the first time. So when it started, I was like, What's happening? And I, I had to like touch the screen of the iPad mm. to be like, am I watching the right thing? Because <laughs> I just completely forgot that bit. I hadn't mm. forgotten the terrible twist at the end. Oh, so shit. And, and I was like, what? Oh, no, yeah, it's the right film. Great, here we go. And I was like, this is not, this is not. <laughs> but this I just so, knew from then. It's been like, so long oh, being no. like, he's a man without a cause, he's a man without a cause. I'm not fighting your wars. And then proceeds to constantly fight their wars all mm. the time and you're like mm. i won't fight for you oh no there's some uh, impending danger i will now fight for you and literally mm. kill people and then the battle's over and he's like oh, i'm not fighting for you like you've, you've just spent like 10 minutes jumping around the battlefield he fighting does, he for does us jump. and then you're like oh no i wasn't doing that i was just saving this really attractive woman I, I wasn't fighting a cause i'm just thinking about my penis and you're like okay that makes you worse so what you fought for the confederacy you don't have any loyalties of any kind but the second a attractive woman not wearing that much clothing is in some slight danger that you perceive suddenly you have to become the savior and suddenly you're fighting all these battles and wars and i'm like what has happened to Deja as a character? Because when you first see her, I got a bit of um, Shuri Black Panther kind of vibes. I was like, oh, she's yeah. really smart. Yeah, yeah. All this. Yeah, yeah. And then she devolves it into, I'm sorry, I'm going to reference yeah. it again, Padme in Star Wars Episode 3. Yeah. Padme in Episode 1 and 2 is this bad, for the most part, is quite a badass character who do who has her own agency and does her own stuff. Not in Episode 2. No, but in Episode 2 when she's in... <laughs> no, but I'm thinking the Geonosis battle. I'm, she gets I'm loving the, your, your current podcast series, This is why way. I try and talk quickly to get over things so I don't get caught up in people <laughs> disagreeing with me in the minutia. She represents to me Padme in a lot of ways, which is a character who is intelligent, has her own agency has so many brilliant attributes to herself, has different ways to think about things, very politically um, clever and all this sort of stuff. And then a guy he, she has no on-screen chemistry with walks into her life and she drops everything just for this guy who actually doesn't bring any real benefit to her life apart from saving her maybe once or twice, if that. She does mention the ninth ray again. No, I know, but I'm just saying her whole personality that's all she fucking becomes about. second. But that's it. Her whole personality becomes an exposition dump and a reason for John Carter to vaguely have a purpose, even though all he's doing is constantly telling everyone he doesn't want one. And you're I, like, what I, is happening? I, I thought that they were going to be like, there's a prophecy of a man Ooh. coming from another world. Mm. I, I honestly thought they were going to go down that route again. I couldn't remember the film because, again, it had been a while. Um, I'm glad they didn't, but it's still whatever they're expositing is not fucking interesting. And again, it's got the film has got so many false starts. So we have we have Tarstarkers going Mars is what you call it on your Earth, but here it's Basum, and we get the whole kind of setting up of that, the war and all this stuff going on. But then we get Edgar Rice Burroughs, uh, you know Rhea's favorite racist, um, <laughs> being introduced as 
Ned, the yeah. relative of John Carter, which I think is canon to the books, I want to say. I think. I um, but, yeah, it's, he basically is like the nephew and he relates all the stories and he wrote them down, serialised, blah, blah, blah. And then we get all that, like, oh, there's a will and there's this and there's this and he's so mysterious and we never we never knew and he was a crazy man and he had all these riches and he's leaving them to you, but you, you've got a, he's, got a, he's got a crypt, but it can only be open from the inside. Ooh, you know, like... Get on with it. Get the fuck on. <laughs> Let me just say, Ned is so dumb. The Wait, way which he one's left Ned? Ned? Spy Kids kid. The, the, okay, the, the ginger, ginger kid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's so dumb. He's like literally told him this whole story about there's this guy who can shapeshift, right, and can be anybody. Can be anybody. And Ned's like, ooh, I'm just going to go down to the crypt, not look around me at any point to see if there's somebody quite blatantly stood behind a bush fellas doing the worst hiding I've ever seen and just go oh Ned he calls me Ned N-E-D oh yeah that was fucking lame I was like mate <laughs> you're useless I wouldn't leave anything to you I would leave your paper clip <laughs> careful the paper you don't want to cut yourself because he said as well he said as well that the fortune goes back to John Carter am I right like when he when they're reading the will because they were like, why would it? Why would it transfer to me and then back to him? And he's like, oh well, he might return because he'll die on Mars. You know, that's the idea. But I was kind of like, this is bizarre. Just get on with the story. And again, like we're we're like maybe hour and a half in, and nothing has happened. Nothing. Wait, there's been no. I, I think you'll find that there's an incredibly tragic moment, which is really made more poignant by the music chosen where we get to find out about his dead wife and child. The but yeah, burnt up corpses we see in the Disney so Oh my god, shit. yeah, that was bad. That was so shit. The music. I was like I was like this is not the time for hero music. Mm. This is like tragic. This isn't hero music. Oh he's such a hero returning to his dead wife and child. I was mm. like, what is <laughs> after fighting, uh, after fighting for slavery, slavery, <laughs> <laughs> he comes back and goes, "Oh no, my wife and child are burnt, and they're holding each other." Like he should be, like you said, it should be a real tragic moment, but it's very triumphant. It's like, oh, by the way, he's experienced bad stuff. It's like, okay, what? Yeah. And then it's just back to the plot, and you're like, "What's this got <laughs> my, to do with anything?" My thing as well is that he's wearing a wedding ring, right? And like that makes sense on Mars. Yeah. Like, yeah, good point. They, why know, would they, they know what that is. Yeah. Why would they? They yeah. <laughs> on Mars, they wouldn't have that like culture, like and because they're talking, they're, they're and I quote flirting, and um, <laughs> he looks at her ring. <clears throat> she looks at his his finger and sees that he's like he's married, and then she gets really shitty. And I'm like, how the fuck does she even know what a wedding ring is? Like they live on Mars. Well, that's yeah. not even. But the funny thing is, wedding rings. That's not even explicitly an Earth custom because, as we know from our um, some of our friends, some of them they've got the the bangles well, can represent in Eastern cultures. Mm. Cultures bangles vary on this be, planet, let alone on fucking or Mars. Certain cultures there's facial markings <laughs> and things that prove if you're in a relationship and things. So I'm like, what? So it's not even that the whole of Earth subscribes to the wedding ring. It's actually <laughs> the Western Earth does, but a lot of the Eastern Earth does not actually do that. So even more so, how does she know? Right, the, yeah, white, exactly. the white savior of Mars. Yeah, yeah. But also, here's my question, which I this is probably faithful to the books. But mm. what is the fucking point in his body kind of staying there? And I don't know. but his soul so he, gets transferred, yeah. but actually his body gets transferred. And no, his no, body stays um, in, he moves because of the weird little orbit, no, like no, but, the chalice. But, thing, but, so he's, what it, what his it body is, stays in that cave, and then yeah, he so transfers it, his essence. 
So in the book, what it is, and in the film, what it doesn't really go into it. It just goes, oh, I telegraphed my body. What the fuck does that mean? But that's how he understands it because of, of olden days. Um, so what it is, is it, once he gets beamed up, his body stays there and it's, you know, it, he sees like the corpse of Brian Cranston when he wakes up and his, his shirt's like crinkled and all like messed up. Um, so it, it's created a copy. So there's a copy of him on Mars as a body. And he, I think in the, if I remember in the book, he dies and they bury him. And then in the next book, years have passed and he awakens in the tomb and gets out of the tomb. And then he starts another adventure. So there's, there's two versions. And if he's on Earth... The um the the Mars body is inert and just is kind of in a, a stasis, and then vice versa. If he's on Mars, the Earth body is the same. That's why he has the crypt what? built. That's so complicated. Why just not have a teleport? And also, when he comes it's... back, how's his how's his body in Earth when Brian Cranston's now a fucking skeleton? He's covered in all this dirt. His facial hair has grown, so his his body <laughs> has used up energy. It's not just gone into stasis. It's literally using energy to grow mm-hmm. his beard. Might I add, his fingernails be long as hell, to clarify. And so all these things... And he would probably so sh- angry. And he probably would have shat himself as I well. I mean, he should be angry. Because probably the thing is... The thing is... Would well, you just think... He probably ate something before going in that cave. He would yeah, have sort... True. If his body is left there... <laughs> For however long that his beard can grow, and Brian Cranston's not just dead. Rusted, yeah. Brian Cranston's skin has gone. So how long Good. was he there? And you're thinking all these things, and you go, "Oh yeah, his body was just left there." But if I die on Earth, I die in real life. Can we, can we get like, a can we get a spin off of Brian Cranston slowly? Die? <laughs> <laughs> 127 hours. It's a thousand and twenty-seven hours. But surely, like his his body being there in a cave against all the elements without being fed. And miraculously, no wildlife finding him. Somehow, no, and disease is that not a thing? To your it, I body think. At I home? think you'll find Mike. It's the force. <laughs> but that would. The thing is, what's annoying is they should have either gone either. They should have gone either. It teleports you. Why'd you do this? Or a magic <laughs> shield goes around your body, or you turn into like a stone. Like what if they just turn into stone or something? Yeah. Or like, it, yeah. Something, there has to be some sort they, of protection. Like, reserved, like, oh, no, yeah. A copy yeah. of you goes there. What happens to the copy sure. at home? And because I like the amulet. Yeah, like works as like a yeah. protection. Yeah, that was like that's anything. a good point. That's a good Wouldn't point. Wouldn't that be really exciting then if there's like a side story? Somebody got in the cave and took the amulet off him, and he started to like wither away. Yeah, and like yeah, like Hercules when he jumps yeah. in the water. Yeah, uh, or even he made a stone or something. And like, what's this weird stone you've thing made, that's happened? You've made a really good point because when the therns travel, there's no copies; they're no. just there. So that's a fair, and that's the same device. So why? Are well, they maybe it's just coffees? maybe because because they're aliens. But the thing is, as well, what's annoying about the maybe ferns they have to is have a duplicate if you're a human. But they're like, oh, the ferns. Oh, maybe he's got some fern blood in him or something. And you're like, these are the least alien-looking aliens in this film. Also, even why? the red people look more like aliens than Mark Strong does. This is a white dude in a basically a turtleneck. It's like, how is this an alien? This is this. Who's in a turtleneck? It's, it's Mark Strong, but he's got that. Thing, I don't know who it? Mark Strong is. The the lead the, villain or bald guy, the, the magic white guy, the, the one who tele- oh, yeah. changes their face all the time, shape shifting, oh, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah they're, they're like, oh, there's these three different species on this planet. There's the red ones, then there's the blue ones, and then there's the tharks. But also there's these omnis- omniscient beings that float around that look exactly the same as humans and two of the other races on this planet, and are just loads of white people. And you're like, for God's sake! I also don't like the fact that they're called therns and tharks. I think that's just too similar in, mm. in name. Mm. 
screen. It's sci-fi. Don't worry, fans, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll telegraph uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs and let him know your problems with this. <laughs> I'll telegraph uh, myself over there. Have you got an amulet? <laughs> One of my notes for this film was jumping. Lots I know they call him Jumpman, but I'm like, this is just I, I'm not going to lie. I got well confused when he first got onto Mars and then just kept falling over. I was just like, I don't I don't mm. understand what you're trying to do here. That was my favourite bit. Then he was like just running and falling over. I was like, I don't, I don't yeah. understand why you keep doing this. Did you, mm. do you, ever, do you know, understand it now? No, the I don't. The gravity on Mars is lower. <laughs> That's it. Oh. That's why he has superpowers. That's why he has superpowers. Because I, I mean, th- yeah. that's so very... his bone density is, yeah. is stronger, oh. so it makes him stronger. They yeah. don't make that clear. I, I, I will. I, I agree with you, Megan. They don't. Literally, Deja Thoris like looks at it, looks him up and down, and goes, "Oh yeah, stronger bone density." And mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know. Wait, Dragon is that Ball Z. said? Once. Yeah, it's a yeah, very, line. very, oh, very quickly, I, I, very I quickly under it. her breath. I yeah. recognise it from Dragon Ball Z because the way they train is going yeah. in higher gravity areas. And also one of the big critiques... Yeah, that, of, wasn't, that wasn't that obvious. No, but no, one of the big critiques really of Star Wars is that how do they go to all these different planets and gravity's never mentioned. And every planet in Star Wars has the exact same gravity. Yeah, because like, that's Star Wars. I mean, it's easy. That's planets why. have the same gravity. Yeah, it's just e- you don't need to explain easier. it. Yeah, the, uh, I, I want to go back to the line that Rhea was mentioning. So we have so Deja Thoris does not believe John Carter is from Mars. Like she's like, that's impossible. There's no way you could travel here with that spaceship or anything else. And he goes, well, we we have ships, but they're on water, the seas. We sail our you know our ships on the seas. And she was like, seas? There's no seas on this planet. You're crazy, John Carter. What are you on about? And he goes, like, and she's like, she's like, that's the reason that she's like, you're, you're either a liar or you're crazy. And then they literally go to a place called the River of Issus, which is the goddess that they all worship. And they are not, like, literally, not even 15, 10 minutes after this conversation, they're on a boat on, in a body of water. Uh, that's another thing I have issue with the film. Never drinks any water. Like almost never drinks any water on this very dry planet. Why is it? How is he alive? Is this? It doesn't. The... De- Deja doesn't believe in the river, though, does she? She doesn't believe it exists. I, mean, I thought it was. It. Yeah, huh? She, she fucking did when she was <laughs> no, yeah, paddling down it. But She's when like, they yeah. were when they were getting there, wasn't right. it? It was the green lady. That's, but, that, but that's also crazy because she's science princess why would she not have explored the entire planet to save the planet and they're spaceships why would you leave and they've got spaceships <laughs> that fly yeah. you can, exactly, can literally you can fly, fly on earth in less time she's like there's earth's no bigger. water ancient times <laughs> and, ancient times also the question they say oh there's no water okay well, how is anyone fucking alive then oh no there's enough and when water they, and when they get Mars married mark. they drink water so clearly you know about water yeah Oh, don't get me started on that marriage, that wedding stuff. Oh. I don't remember. I, think, I got sleepy at that God. bit. <laughs> do you think it's like? Do you think it's like Kevin Costner's Waterworld, where they take a piss Never and then it. they filter it and then they drink it? Do you think it's like that? Maybe, but that's a good way they to. They probably use the ninth but, ray. Uh, <laughs> the wedding. Is that what, is that what it's called? Yeah, it is called the ninth ray. It's yeah. like the worst. I, 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 I think the the device that they have is so fucking flimsy. It looks, it looks shit. Like they're like, oh, the ninth ray. It's just like. It looks like it's just a bit of fucking chicken wire that they've just wrapped around somebody's hand and painted it Oh, what, the arm thing? Yeah, it just looks awful. I'm like, make it an actual thing. Like That looks like I could just smash it with my own fist and I'm not, you know, denser. Yeah, it it looked awful. I was just like, what is this shit? (laughs) Um, The the marriage, though. 
that scene, not only the marriage to Dominic West, um, which was not good. Charles. Um, Charles, yes. Um, but then they just... He just gets married to her. And I'm like... I know it happens in a lot of films. This is not the first or even the last film to do this. Mm. But I'm just like, why is every romance in yeah. every fucking film not only rushed all the time, but you're like, he's like, I've got no cause. I've got no this. I've got no that. He's on there for what? A push. I mean, let's think. It should be... by In the film, it's a few days, maybe a few weeks. But with Brian Cranston's corpse, it has to be years. And you mm. go, okay, so this is peculiar. But then there's no real consistency to where the plot's going. It feels like you've got three films and then you've taken out about 40% of all three films <laughs> and then shoved them together and then just clipped random scenes. And you're like, so you've got this big framing story that adds, not only doesn't it not add to the story, it actually takes away from it and adds more plot holes. You've got the teleporting... I feel like that's the majority of the film. <laughs> well, yeah, but you've got, the, yeah. you've got the whole that stuff. You've got all that starting bit, which was actually fairly well done, the war stuff at the start, but it, it added nothing. And you've just got all these bits that you're like, okay. And again, the prequels do this a lot, where you go, hey, here's loads of unnecessary dialogue and time spent on really boring, benign stuff that no one wants to know about. And then things that are actually interesting that maybe require a bit of explanation, they just skim through it. And that's what I know about this film, because I think I'm, I'm projecting, because I'm like, okay, the issues I found with this film, there's a lot of those issues I found in, especially The Phantom Menace in certain ways. And so my, I'm, like, I'm like, I feel like there was... Gr- kind of what Rhea said at the very start of the conversation a much more concise way. There's so much here that could be so good. And there are little flickers mm-hmm. every now and then. Every now and then I'm like, that bit's actually quite cool. And actually this idea is quite good. But then as you say, when you take a step back and you actually discuss it and you try and work it out, you're like, this film is a fucking mess. It's a good idea wrapped in a yes. mess. <laughs> and that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. I do think the design of the creatures and the landscapes and all of that stuff, I think the production Ships design... Amazing gorgeous ships before they everything. start filming almost like yeah like i i i would actually like to own like the the behind the scenes like artwork concept art mm. book on that i think that would be gorgeous to look at but again it doesn't it's nice to look at sure these you know these long sweeping shots and yeah it's again like this was kind of much like star wars a mix of a lot of genres it's western it's sword and sorcery it's sci-fi it's all of this but yeah at the end like there was there were moments where I was like, oh, the gladiatorial battle, great. Now the story's going to begin. Now it's going to start. And then, um, you know, when when he turns around and attacks the the kind of conquering horde that's coming towards him and sacrifices himself for for Dejah Thoris again, I was like, fuck yeah, this is all right. This I'm 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 in. But again, immediately it's just like back to the fucking dry, boring, <laughs> dusty dialogue. And again, it feels very faithful to the book. But the book is like over 100 years old now, like pretty much 90 years old, something like that. It needs to be updated and changed and altered uh, to make it, you know, more accessible to to a modern audience. And I think that's why, unfortunately, it kind of fails. Yeah, and let's not forget the brother, the, the big hulking brother who's like, oh, he's going to take over the uh, the Tharks and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, oh, he's going to be a big bad. And then he just launches at John Carter, and John Carter's like, 
boom, Zep dead. And you're like... Oh, what, the one what? with yeah. one missing tusk? Yeah, and you're yeah. like, why did you even put him in the film? Mm. Yeah. He didn't do mm. anything so his, at Does all. his head come off? Yeah, he yeah. decapitates yeah. Even Even Dominic West is like... that. Carter and him have spent almost zero time together yeah. on screen. So there's no animosity there. He's just an obstacle. There's nothing to him. It's just like... And again, he's a puppet for the Therns anyway. So he doesn't have really any agency. The, the only characters, again, were James Purejoy's character... And and also for me, I, I I love Willem Dafoe in just about anything, and I he loved was, him yeah. as I loved him as Tars Tarkas. Rhea was correct. I think the the CGI here is actually quite good in regards yeah. to those those characters. And you know, I, I quite enjoy the Virginia bit where and my mom likes that. She commented on my face. She's like, oh Virginia, uh, you know. And I I love that. I love that character and the way he he he. Considering it's a CGI character, it feels very real and very grounded mm. to me. He's, he brings a lot of, of gravitas and character and charisma to that role where I think anybody else, it would have been very dull, boring, uninteresting character. So uh, those for me are the two kind of highlights, a couple of the, the, the action sequences. But other than that, put it the rest in the fucking bin. Send <laughs> telegraphic to Mars. But don't leave a copy here. Just actually, <laughs> no, actually burn, burn all the telegraphing, copies. You know, when you send something, you know, you don't necessarily make a copy. But whatever. No. I, I, I have a final question. Mm-hmm. Um, unless anybody's else got anything specific to say about the film. So my final question is to the group: What is your favourite representation of Mars in film? I don't think I've seen it in oh. anything apart from this and Watchmen. I'd have to Google Mars. films about Mars. Are there many? Mars. I didn't even know there were many films about Mars. Total Recall. Oh, oh yeah, I, I love Total Recall. Total Recall. Yeah, easily, yeah. easily. Total Megan's Recall. Not seen it, but yeah. Total Recall is amazing. Yeah. Oh, oh and that is yeah, I love the Martian. Mars Attack. Yeah. Mars Attack okay. doesn't show Mars, but yes. But you know. It shows, oh, it shows that. Martian culture. You were so culture. excited. I'm yeah. having it. Yeah. yeah. So to be fair, that's like the it's Martian. The, the is only a, one is a, that I've seen that's anything <laughs> to do with Mars. The, the Martian is a banger of a film. I think you've the Martian. You've got to get a, a, a Martian playlist going. Um, well, there's a there's a Christmas film called Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. It's got two oh, it's two point seven on IMDb. <laughs> I mean, oh, I, I, I've, I've seen that. I've seen I've not that. Ghosts of Mars. You've there's, seen that. In fact, there's a Disney film called uh, Mars Needs Mums. I think. Yes, there is. Yeah. There you go. There's one. Passengers for you. comes up when you talk about Mars, but that's but all set it? on a spaceship. But they didn't go to Mars, did they? Doom. They go to Mars in Doom. I've not seen the film. I've, I've watched more yeah, films do. where people go to Mars. No wonder this was you my like question. Mars. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to come across as insulting when I was like, "Are no, there you, even that many films?" Because you I didn't. Genuinely... I just assumed lots of people have watched I, the same shit I've as not, me. I've not seen any films about Mars. She's not seen The Martian. She's not seen. <laughs> this is um, the only film about Mars that I've seen. Me- Megan, um, you're letting Watchmen. the side down. You've got to have seen more Mars films. You All know, right. I mean, to I'll come. We'll compile you a playlist, and you can watch them all. The yeah, Martian. Is I'm one on of my John Carter and Mars Attack. Attacks. Attacks. And the Watchman you've seen. Is it? The Watchman. In, in, he goes in, to Manhattan goes to Mars. Watchmen? In Ad Astra, does Brad Pitt stop Not at seen Mars? That. Yeah, that's listed in here, but it is, is it? listed on Ad Astra yeah, was on Ad Astra. I know there was Mars. Two, Oh, I hated that film. <laughs> I know there was <laughs> fuck I know there was two films, I think, in the early two thousand which I've considered for a clone balls on my podcast. Uh, I think it's Mission to Mars and Red Planet, I wanna say. I think there's right. two there. I don't know, I don't know if I've heard of those. What's your favourite then, Rhea? Total Recall, obviously. Yeah, okay. obviously. Yeah. Of course. Is the obviously, come on, everyone. Is the remake going to go? Because I feel no. like it's not... No, I no. didn't think... Don't I mean, watch it. Is, I've, I've shown... Brian, Brian Cranston is showing up in a lot of shit films <laughs> the more we talk about it. 
<laughs> what are you doing, Brian? What are you doing? Uh, there's Make the him making the money. That's what he's doing. Oh, the yeah. Waters of Mars, the Doctor Who episode. That episode. <laughs> I've seen that. I, that is okay. phenomenal. I will say that I, I, I've on and off Doctor Who. I stopped after David Tennant. But that special, if anyone's listening and hasn't watched any Doctor Who, just watch The Waters of Mars. It's a two-parter. It's a special. You don't have to see any other Doctor Who ever. It is one of the most brutal things I've ever watched. It is so strong, and the storyline of what it's all about, of the Doctor goes to a place, and the whole premise is everyone's doomed and he knows it. And that's the whole... Pre- At the start of the episode, that's what he says. He's like, oh no, I remember what happened here. And mm. he's just there, not able to save anyone. And it is horrendous. It's amazing. But it's that's my favourite, actually, representation of Mars. That's a very good good shout, Megan. Um, that, that's Google. <laughs> <laughs> I think we um, can thank Google. We'll, Google we'll, ra- we'll start to wrap up here then. Uh, obviously, Rhea just did us ask the group, is there anything else people want to add? Is there anything else to add about these two before I spin the wheel? I mean, they are kind of related in a sense. They are about equality of races and trying to work together and, and harmony and stuff. So there is that. One does it a lot better than the other. John Carter, uh, yes. <laughs> the classic the classic ten out of ten. yeah the the classic the classic non-racist <laughs> from the racist book of course yes a uh, confederacy soldier saves the, uh, <laughs> the, the real heroes <laughs> but uh, that, that that would be it that would just be my my very brief connection between these two films well i would say with john carter um i will not be rewatching this film because everything i kind of liked about it i can see better in other films but i would say if they were going to remake this into a series or something, that is something I actually think, if this was done well, I would be very interested by it. I think I think we need more non-Star Wars sci-fi, to be honest. Oh. Yep. Um, I liked the dog. Oh, the yes. dog thing. Oh, the frog the dog, dog we call I it. I liked the yeah. frog dog. The frog dog. He, he was, was kind. Yeah, the really super fast one. He was like, yeah, I love him. Yeah. yeah. He's great. He's he great. was nice. I liked him. You hate him yeah. to begin with. You like, hate it. And then when I first, yeah, because I don't like weird stuff. Really, Willy, Wo- first... Willy Wonka, bit Willy Wonka, <laughs> Willy Wonka. <laughs> when he first came on screen, I was like, don't like it. And then I heard, and then I saw it was a dog. I was like, I love it. <laughs> oh, you're a simple creature. Yeah. I love doggies. Ways. Doggies yeah. are kind. Well, what yeah. we'll do then um, is, so for 2024, we've got a few secret plans. Uh, we're going to have probably two episodes with guests Ooh. Ooh. over the year. We'll spread them out a little bit, um, but. Because of the last two years of Disney discussions, I've always been first and Megan's always been last um, because that's just the way we did it. But as this Save is... the best till last, High School Musical 1, 2 and 3. Yeah, Dad's favourite <laughs> film trilogy, um, which he can't stop talking about. He talks about it more than the three of us put together, so he clearly made an impact. Um, da- speaking of High School Musical, Zac Efron got a Hollywood star recently. Deservedly so, because he's great. Mm. Um, so well and his new that. film is getting rave reviews, five-star reviews, the is... Iron Claw, about Iron the Claw. Von Eric wrestling family. Mm, very nice. Um, well, I'm. Uh, I can't where I was going because I've the, the wheel. Spin the wheel, wheel of destiny. Spin, spin the wheel. Spin, so next spin, year, spin. spin the wheel. I'm going to share my screen. That's what my students call the wheel of doom. I, I know. I know the category I'm choosing as well. So mm-hmm. I think I get it. I know as well what I'm going to be doing. Um, but yeah, I want to make sure that we get. We get I'm going to make us all watch the Tinkerbell films. Which is fine. It's fine. Not a problem at all. It's fun, Gully. A Disney oh, movie. Oh, oh, you're sharing, sharing. Oh, this is. I'm good. sharing the screen so people on YouTube can watch. I'm not because in case it lands on me, I don't want people thinking I've got. Let's spin the wheel. It's me. Hey. Um, so click it once, and then it's just whoever it lands on. That's who gets to choose the first episode of 2024, and then we'll kind of we'll go from there. Um, so I'm going to be ready. Are you ready, Megan? 
You don't have to make the decision this second. But I was just looking if Ferngully is a Disney movie, but it's not. Okay, what a shame. Um, but we can do maybe an ep- a secret episode. <laughs> I, do, of I do. I do like. I do like Ferngully. <laughs> Are we ready to spin? Here we go. I've got sound uh, effects as well. Yeah, it always has sound. I always forget. I can't hear the sound. Oh, oh look who it is. Amazing. Applause. Applause. So there we go. Um, so I'm going to stop sharing. Um, Whoa, what shall I make us choose? If you don't know off the top of your head, we'll just say we'll have to see and keep an eye on social will media. I, will I ever beat cartoon crushes, you know? Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've got a few pre-done categories. Yeah, which... we do. Some some of the nominations that were given that were given mm-hmm. in, we've got some yeah. of them I might choose from. Well, maybe yeah. we'll just keep it a secret and we'll announce yeah. it sort of in January time, give Rhea yeah. some time. Because um, me and Dan were eager beavers. We're like, we know what we're going to choose. And the wheel was like, no, no, you do not get that. <laughs> you, you do not get that choice. Um, did fate, didn't we? We did, yes. Um, but you know, thank you for everyone for listening. We'll do our plugs now. Megan. Hello. Where do people find you? Instagram and patreon and on random podcasts <laughs> yeah even though you're not a podcaster <laughs> even though i'm not a podcaster yeah. grits gets fit on instagram i did start posting then i stopped i just i just can't be bothered to Which be honest I i'm like at the boat. point now where i just don't feel like i need to share everything on social media which is good. I'd like. I'd rather just keep myself to myself. Just um, dog photos. Yeah. Sometimes there's dog photos. Sometimes there's gym photos. Sometimes there's random. But it's just whenever I choose to post at the moment. Yep. And you can find me at genuine chit chat on Instagram, Twitter, how X now, Facebook. Uh, TikTok. I think you mean Meta. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, threads. It's basically everywhere. Everywhere apart from Blue Sky at the moment because I another social media site I can't be bothered with. But uh, find me in all those places and check out the details in the show notes for everything to do with me and yeah you can find me and Megan on Patreon over 200 episodes of Afterthoughts there and I do a lot of Star Wars stuff and lots of other fun things as well and I keep pressing Dan to force him to let me on his show again next year so fingers <laughs> crossed he will let me uh, go on the show at least once uh, but we'll, we'll see about that um, what about Go on then, Dan. You make a lot of noise. What about you? We'll finish off with Rhea. But... I do make I do make a lot of noise. I'm a loud yeah. fucker. Uh, I'm very I'm very willing one. And I've, I've been loving your Patreon, by the way, as well. I've been loving the Patreon. Uh, well, I was going to mention Patreon. Um, so since we talked about John Carter of Mars, uh, unsurprisingly, the comic book prequel was 25p on Amazon. So I picked it up to do it on Patreon. So Rhea and Mike and maybe Megan, if she wants to listen, will hear about more about the world of Mars. <laughs> Rhea's favourite author. (laughs) From all our favourite heroes and authors, all of the Confederacy (laughs) soldiers that we we enjoy reading about and and triumphing over all the indigenous people that he hates. Uh, (laughs) So, yes. Uh, So I'll be doing that very shortly. Uh, 2024 is for my Patreon because I'm letting them choose every single episode, minus the theme months. Uh, You get to pick. Basically, I'll give you a set of films my guests want to do or they want to talk about, and I'll maybe put in a few suggestions if they don't, and patrons get to decide. So it is going to be a very fucking random year, and it's going to be very Willy Wonka, I think. Um, just see, seeing what kind of comes out. We're opening it with... Um, Lars and the Real Girl, which is a quirky indie comedy about a sex doll, uh, and Ryan Gosling and his relationship with it, then is following it bit, that up. Is it a bit, you know... It's a little Willy Wonka. Wonka. I'd say I'd say it's a little Willy Wonka. Um, I don't know if it's for everyone's taste, but I, uh, you know, there's there's things to be said about it. Uh, so that's with Blake, 
and then Candyman, and then we'll just see what happens. I know, I know. There's oh, we, um, my bloody Valentine. We're going to do the first remake and original film comparison in the Clone Balls. I've done in the first in five years. I've never done one of those, so that'll be interesting in itself for Valentine's. That's with Dan. Uh, Candyman's with Sarah. But yeah, lot, lots of lots of interesting stuff going on uh, in the new year from Spider Man: The Secret Balls, and I'm going to be doing. Um, I think we're going to call it examining X Men '97 when that comes out on disney plus um i think me and max are going to do that uh, on comics in motion as well so that'll be interesting me and andy are doing uh, sharing the silver screen so that's going to be a kind of um fairly regular thing where we share a film i give him a weird b movie he gives me something classic or award-winning uh, that i haven't seen so the idea is we just share different films but yeah lots of good stuff and uh, you can find me on spider down the secret balls all the other links are there uh, dot com so yeah that's me so dan's not doing much basically that's what we got there <laughs> and well, pass the baton to ria but i want to specifically highlight the conversation with uh bethan wolvin Wolven, yes. Yeah, love that conversation. It was fantastic. I shared it on Instagram, but you're not very social media. You're not on social media as much. So I tagged you in it and shared on social media. But I was like, I should probably message Rhea rather than communicating with her through 24-hour Instagram stories. I'm like, I hey, Rhea, I like this thing. But if you don't look at it in a day, you have no idea what I just said. So I thought I'd tell you it's a fantastic conversation. I so thoroughly, good. thoroughly, And I'm going to be looking into her, her books as well when we eventually uh, go down the road of having children. And you should have her on as a guest as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to read one of her books first because I, yes. although I'm sure they sound great, I do not. I, I don't like having people on if I haven't. Would you like me to do first. a live Zoom call with you reading a book, reading her books? Because we have all of them, so I could just, you know, read them to you. Uh, story might time be with weird. Uh, story be. time with Ria. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an ASMR thing or like a calming app. You know, where you just lay in bed and have Ria calmly speak I, to you about the picture. My voice is not one that's calm. I don't think that's. <laughs> I'm sure you could speak in a soft voice. I think I heard you talking in a soft Fuck voice. The patriarchy. To, to a cat. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the patriarchy. See that fucking patriarchy. Did you just fucking see that? <laughs> uh, yeah, go listen to that episode. It's amazing. Bethan mm. was the most wonderful guest. Um, and she's hopefully going to come on Femon in future. I want to talk to her about like witchcraft and folklore and stuff like that. I just want to have her on everything. She should bring. I've got some an other amazing guests coming up another artist illustrator coming up as well hopefully in the new year and i spoke to a disney princess herself mm-hmm. um which will be coming out in january so it's uh, an amazing woman called emily price who runs a company called be our guest princesses and she dresses up as a princess and she has amazing forms that dress up as a princess so perfect for linking into Disney discussions. Mm. So listen to that. And then obviously all my co-hosts have the most amazing stuff. So just go and go and find us, Femon Collective on Instagram. Hundredth episode, yep. Which is far more serious. That's a really great way to actually get a taster. I like the Ria's questions, but I say if people haven't listened to Femon uh, the Femon Collective, shame on you first of all. But (laughs) if you haven't, start with the hundredth episode because it's a really good way to get a feel for each of the individual hosts and a real it really shows what you're all about. And I just loved that episode. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, I must confess, I, I don't have time to listen to every single person's <laughs> episode. So I'm <laughs> no, really no. sorry to everyone in the Femon Collective. But that 100th episode, brilliant. 
If it makes I, you feel I better, got... women in the collective don't listen to each other's episodes because that nobody has enough time. I'm the only one who listens to absolutely every single one because <laughs> I have to. Um, but I would anyway because it's amazing. But that's it. You can dip in and out of the episodes that you like. So if you like film and TV, you know, like Alison's episodes, which is Fine Cut or mine at Femme on Film. If you like literature, if you like poetry if you want to feel fired up to go and smash the patriarchy <laughs> go listen to tonya's show active activism so there's something for everyone you don't have to listen to them all we won't be offended what i do know is that you all went and listened to the pride and prejudice episode so you know go and do that and i don't even know the story make those of pride figures and prejudice. i've up. not even <laughs> seen the film pride and prejudice and i haven't read the book much to Tony's Tony room. Farina. Well, I'm waiting, for him, I'm waiting for him to write his adaptation on it so I can just read that. Because <laughs> I didn't... I've read, you know, Work on a Mansfield and I've listened to the audiobook of Sense and Sensibility, mm. um, but I've not actually consumed any other Jane Austen. I've not watched any Jane Austen movies or adaptations or anything. So I don't even know the plot of Pride and Prejudice. So I haven't listened to that. I'm a very... I've not read much literature. I'm not that's very okay. well read. That's mm. all right. I don't I, think people... That's fine. So don't, sorry. Don't uh, once, that. once we have, That's right. once once I've You've seen read a lot Pride of Prejudice, other literature, you <laughs> consume things in a way. Is That's Colin okay. Firth? Is he the chap that you're? Wait, no, is that Mr. Darcy? no, that's not not, not that version. Not, not that, that version. version. There's different versions. There's multiple. I, I'm not that well read uh, as well, Mike. Uh, but I have read a, a racist uh, interpretation of Mars. So there we go. Oh, <laughs> I didn't call it bassoon, does he? <laughs> so I could I could have read Pride and Prejudice, but I went, oh, I think this guy, this I, is the guy. I've spent a lot of my time not reading. <laughs> Pride and Prejudice. I, I was like, oh yeah, this is this is a cool book by a cool person. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> So, so yeah, I should also read. But yeah, no, you are correct. Like Fairmont films great. I got a bit emotional listening to the hundredth episode and Aww. just um, just how far, you know, you guys have come and all of your stories and everything that you know intertwined and, and yeah, it's wonderful. I'm enjoying the last holiday podcast at the moment. That's so really fun. fun. Very joyful, very Christmas. Completely unstructured, ignored all of my notes, and instead just like said random statements at poor Jess, who uh, <laughs> who very I gamely love... went along with it. And hey, if you... I, I love the energy. I love the energy. <laughs> if you want to hear crying, the episode with Emily from Be Our Guest Princesses, I cry twice, so she oh, makes me wow. cry twice. So you know, go listen. To how, that. how many times Make sure did you're uh... feeling emotionally vulnerable? You know. <laughs> How many times did John Carter make you cry? I mean... Once before watching it. Yeah. <laughs> Once Gordon. after it was done, it's like, thank you. Yeah, boredom <laughs> pain. Not like, oh, it's such a beautiful story, love story for our ages, for all the ages I of time. I think it's the greatest love story of our time. Mm. Uh, I think you'll find Troy and... Gabriella. Gabriella. You're saying that sarcastically, oh, but the greatest love it story is the greatest time. love story. No, because they do not last, Megan. Yeah, please. they do. Here's, they a necklace, do here's a necklace of my, no, with my first initial me. on it, just to show <laughs> you you're mine. Here's Tifa. a necklace with your initial, so people know that I own you. It's like, uh... Yeah, T for twat. T for tasty. Willy Wonka. But yeah, check out the Femon Collective. Check on Spider and the Secret Balls. Uh, check on both mine and Dan's Patreon. If you want to hear mm. Megan, then you have to check out my Patreon. Um, but all of them, are both Dan's Patreon and mine, are fantastic in different ways. But check them both out if you can. If not, share this show. Listen to the Femon Collective. Listen to all our shows. Details in the show notes. But thank you, audience, for being involved in this episode. We couldn't have done it without you. And we had so many different people interacting yeah. with us and suggesting films and lots of people voting. And it was a very close call. One vote in it. 
uh, between Zootopia. I think, I think it's the most Raccoons. comments I've seen on any podcast ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like, I'm like, I, I would kill for this many. Oh yeah, comments. I, sometimes I struggle a bit to get people involved, but the audience were getting really involved, so we love that. So we'll probably do this again at some point mm. in, in another two years because we're going to do this forever. Yeah. Um, and there's Megan said the other day, there's never enough. There's so much content. Well, this is yeah. I said that even if we ran out of Disney films, which is is not going to happen. <laughs> like there's so many there's other that like there's warner brothers and there's like well i mean technically like disney owns everything really not universal they, but, like, warner brothers, not warner brothers. Yeah. no but it's but like i was gonna say 20th century fox but that's yeah, owned yeah. by yeah, disney yeah. now so like but there's other like hollywood things pictures, the four yeah. of us can do a podcast without it being disney discussion specifically but the same yeah. sort of vibe mm. but mm. we've got plenty we've got at least another year <laughs> of disney stuff to go and then it. if you wanted to go on to like TV shows or shorts or... Oh, God. Yeah, oh, I do love the shorts. The shorts yeah. are nice. To be fair, that's a good shout for a future episode. Yeah, I'd like to do the yeah. shorts. Hang on, maybe that will be my next... Oh, uh, oh a little tease, a little teasy-tease. But keep up to date with us on social media and you may be able to find out what Rhea's selection is going to be before the episode comes out, but we'll aim for it to come out in early 2024. But friends, thank you so much for listening. Dan and Rhea, thank you so much for joining me. Megan, thanks for putting up with me in a confined space, uh, even more so than you normally have to. I appreciate it. I appreciate all of you. You've been less touchy today. I have, yes. I've been been actually out of frame (laughs) for part of this. My shoulder has not been in frame the entire time because I'm making sure I'm not uh, getting in your personal space. I hope you're not not touchy with other people, Mike. That's not cool. (laughs) Only with their consent. I, okay, I'm a very much enough. a hugger, but I always check with people because some people don't like me. Would hugged. you pick someone up and bounce them no, around? I, mean, I would. I, I would not pick anyone up. I only. I that's all. I, I, I'm only going to pick people up and bounce them around. The only, per, the only person I pick up. Hello. The only person I pick up without consent is Willow, and she's a dog. Yeah, but that's cuddles, um, no struggles. That's the I mean, saying that's in my what house. You say to her. I think that's. If I said that, that's a bit. Uh, unpleasant. You yeah. saying it's a bit innocent with me. Only so. with Willow. Cuddles no struggles. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't maybe go, go into work and approach yeah. a colleague Don't and have say, that on no, a t-shirt. On a sh- yeah, I was about to say I wouldn't print it on a t-shirt. No, no. No, no, I wouldn't print it on a t-shirt. It's definitely not okay, but Willow, it, she loves the cuddles. She doesn't. She growls when she does no, it. No, she does not. Right, that's it. You're telling lies. Stop the podcast. Okay, well, friends, thank you so much for listening. And remember... Stay Wonka. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta stay Willy Wonka. Stay Willy. Stay Willy. Uh, That doesn't work in the right way, does it? No. That's the opposite of what the Femon Collector's trying to push. Why are you being anti Femon? Stay Willy. (laughs) (laughs) You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast. Mike Burton. Hello, Spider-Dan here of the Spider-Dan and the Secret Balls podcast. Just wanted to give you a quick introduction on what I do and why you should check it out. My main mission for the podcast is to spotlight the best kept secrets in entertainment that a mainstream audience may find boring. I have various guests from all walks of life, including friends, family, comic book professionals and actors, while also doing the odd solo podcast and Patreon YouTube video here and there. If you like entertaining and informative discussions and are sick of content creators covering the same old MCU and Netflix programming, take a walk on the wild and the weird side. Swing over to spiderdanandthesecretballs.com for all the information you may need, such as links to the podcast, social media accounts, and how you can support the podcast. That's spiderdanandthesecretballs.com. That's B-O-R-E-S. Thanks for joining me, and as always... Prepare for prattle.